give me the box right now, or I will kill you right now. No. Just give me the box, Marty. I thought you couldn't kill your friend, Cos. I missed on purpose. Now give me the box. Take the goddamn thing. I don't want it. You win, I lose. That's what you want, isn't it? Say it. Say it. Yes! I'm sorry, Cos. could have shared this with you. I know, could have had the power. I don't want it. Don't you know the places we can go with this? Yeah, I do. There's nobody there. Exactly. The world isn't run by weapons anymore, or energy, or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. I don't care. I don't expect other people to understand this, but I do expect you to understand this. We started this journey together. It wasn't a journey, Oz. It was a prank. There's a war out there, old friend. A world war. And it's not about who's got the most bullets. It's about who controls the information. What we see and hear, how we work, what we think. It's all about the information. seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of March in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along making a part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State uh, Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along making a part of your listening day. It is Thursday and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. You want you should uh, join us today. 503 uh, 2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, confessions, uh, whatever, what have you, ends, odds, or somewhere in between. Just plain unclassifiable. Uh, 503-733-2970. Can you turn me down ever so slightly? I, you know what? I have you so much further down than I usually do. Your you know, processing but... sounds different today yeah. as well. Hello. Wow, uh, that's really... I'm actually you a lot really... lower now. You sound your microphone sounds really hot today. You sound uh, you sound really hot today, Sarah. <laughs> uh, your microphone has a lot more presence to it for some days. Wow. Okay. I'm well, literally uh, like half of um, the volume that I usually am. So it's another. So it's we've spun the roulette wheel of processing once again this morning. At least I'm not muffled. No, right. um, actually, Dogfight was uh, before Sneakers. So he did. So I he think... did Sneakers, Dark Blood, The Thing Called Love, even Cowgirls Get the Blues, and then Silent Tongue was his last one. Silent Tongue. Silent body. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think River Phoenix filmed Dogfight first, but maybe it came out after. I do seem to recall that Dogfight was released, or maybe they re-released it when he died. Maybe they were trying to sort of capitalize on that. Well, whatever. In any event, Sneakers is great because it does have that great moment where he crashes through the uh, he crashes through the ceiling of the room. It's not easy what I just did. All right. In any event, hi, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Marty, 503-733-2970. Richie the Bristol, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. Your thoughts on late-era Robert Redford films, 503-733-2970. 
at 2970. You can also email us if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Uh, Richie at 970.am. Or... Just go to my webpage. You don't even... Oh, do you boy. have a 970 email address? We no, ever give you one of those? No, you haven't set me up with one. You've tried to fire me like three times. That's why. So. <laughs> You're still in a probationary those period, Timmy Ryan. probationary. You can be fired any time. Do not get AM 970. Uh, hey, email you, let me just tell you, the email's no guarantee you're not going to be fired. It, the way, and the way I'm telling you this All right now... All business cards aren't any guarantee either. <laughs> say that. Don't, don't pin your employment hopes on an email address, because here's the deal. You'll have the talking to, and by the time you get back to your desk, nothing will work. I'm, just, I'm not saying for you specifically. I mean, yes, for That's you specifically. That's how I found out I was fired one time, actually. I tried to check my work email one night. No account. It didn't work, and I tried calling the IT people. They didn't call me back, and I was called in. Hi, can I... This is my fifth message. I just... I really need to check my email. Back up all my contacts. If you could just, uh... Hello? Call me back, okay? I'll... I'll be sitting by the phone and there's no waiting for calls that will never arrive, trying to check email that is no longer there, accessing account that doesn't exist any longer. I've been fired so many times, I kind of forget about that. Radio rules. Yes. In any event, uh, so it's Sarah at 970.am, Rick at uh, rickemerson.com, Richie with a T at 970.am, or uh, you can go to myspace.com slash Tim Ryan Radio uh, to contact this uh, young gentleman to my right. All right, here's what's coming up today. CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining us uh, today. We'll talk a little about uh, Geraldine uh, Ferraro. I know that she's talking about Congress and the budget or whatever, so we'll pretend to talk about that for a minute, and then we'll talk about uh, Farrar getting kicked off the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will join us from New York City. Uh, now, did we have... No, yesterday when we talked to Steve, we didn't have the woman, the picture, and the face, and the everything of the girl, the hooker? No, that just, I think, came out yesterday. Have you heard that song that she sings? No. Oh, it's like the worst thing you've ever heard. I mean, it's we not... We've listen to Trey Arrow's. I wrote that down today. Okay. It's on my Matrix. Trey Arrow's music. Dancing Butterflies. Um, here, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. So it's one of those days where I'm going to gibber myself into a frenzy. Um, so the woman that allegedly... I mean, we know it's true. It was the hooker for uh, what's his guts? Elliot Spitzer, the, the, the now lame duck governor of New York. So she was... Like all of them, she wasn't an aspiring actress. She was an aspiring singer, uh, and so we had. And this is not a gag, not a zany uh, DJ bit or whatever. Uh, Lycus played it yesterday. I think I think Lycus started his four o'clock hour with it, and then he had people guess who it was. So he played the song by this hooker uh, that she's that she had on her MySpace page. Um, and uh, where, where she had a lot of things like music has gotten me through all the really tough times of being a hooker. <laughs> and so Lycus played the song and it had people guess who it was. And then he revealed it uh, at the end. So um, anyway, so we've got that song. We'll play a little bit of that later on. Uh, so we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about that today. It is worth noting her MySpace page. It, you can see that thing like when somebody has a song uh, posted on their MySpace, you can see how many total times the song has been played. But then you can see how many of those plays were like today. So if you go to, what's her name, the New York Hooker's MySpace page, I, I know she has a real name, I've just forgotten it. So she'll just continue to be the MySpace Hooker, like, until I, until I figure it out. Um, like, uh, Ashley, maybe? Ashley, yeah. It was like Ashley Alexandra. And something. she had, like, a, like a fake at, like an accent mark or something on one of her names. Um, anyway, uh, she had, the song had something like 785,000 uh, listens. 
And, like, all but five of them were that day. Like, you get the feeling that really in, in the ramp up to this whole scandal, it was like her mom and, like, two of her brothers had listened to the song. And that was about it. But then by the end of yesterday, I mean, by the time I... It was, it was clocking at, like, 100,000 listens every 20 minutes or something. Because I think Drudge had it on his front page. Anyway, so we'll play that today. And we'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum about that. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent uh, James Roop will join us from... That's 50-50, too. About Jim Roop? Yeah. But I got all this Michael Jackson news, too. I know, Jim Roop. Well, uh, I think Chris is sick today because it was a, a, uh, they're having a temp thing, and she wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do it or not. Was that a lot of fun? Did she not know you or us or anything about what we do? No. Did she ask if we, if we wanted the interview to be live or recorded? That's exactly what she asked. And how many minutes would be? I'm like, I don't know, five <laughs> how to many seven. Minutes? Really? <laughs> how many minutes would we want to? Yeah, live or recorded, and what our call letters were. We need to straighten her out. Make her understand we don't play by the man's rules when it comes to guest booking. All right, whatever. Uh, so there you go, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Castamon, possibly James Roop. Uh, top five today, uh, just by sheer coincidence. He really ought to be disqualified from winning anything. I mean, really, just on principle. Uh, but uh, Mailman Chris will be coming in to do his top five TV theme songs of all time. And I, I looked at all pink. We're turning him away. Seriously, that dude, if anything is sort of pussy or leaking, you're going home again. I know he claims he... How do you cut your cornea? I was in a sorority. You're gonna shave my eyes. Living in there, one person had it, and they said they washed their hands like flush forward to a day later. Every single person in the house had how, it. How glad is Tim that he's uh, that he's not here today? Tim Tim oh. Riley. Yeah. Anyway, he said it was pink, and then all of a sudden now it's a scraped cornea. See, but um, I don't even know how that would happen. How do you scrape your cornea so badly that it looks like pink eye? Hot pillow fights in sorority houses. I, I guess if you're pillow fighting with. Pine cones. In pajamas. I mean, really, I just... Well, in any event. So we'll do that today. Mr. Skin will join us today at some point. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer uh, today. Uh, let's see. what else? And that's, that's a little bit of a sticky wicket, too, because yesterday, as we do about every week and a half, uh, Richie completely... I shouldn't put it all on Richie. I mean, I forgot to remind you, but, we, but we, we completely blew off Mr. Skin yesterday. So then Richie said, no, no, I'll take care of it. No problem. So he calls Mr. Skin and books Mr. Skin for 135 today, which, of course, is exactly when Dorothy Carcassari is booked. So Richie's figuring that out in the back room. So you just let me know when that's taken care of. You know, I was watching the Wire finale on Sunday, and there was this great sequence that uh, I don't know, I'm going to go into it, but there's just sort of a political scandal engulfing or threatening to engulf the mayor of Baltimore. And the, the, he has, you know, he's sort of chief of staff who sort of handles things for him. And there was this great scene, and this is what I want to become powerful enough to have. This is the only reason I continue to, to work, because I want to, I want to become uh, powerful enough that I can do this, that I can have uh, sort of a second-in-command who, who says this. Look, just make this go away, and, uh, you know, we'll remember you when election time comes. That's what I want. Like, or when the fixer goes, look, I just want you to handle this, okay? I don't care how. Just make this go away. Handle this. I thought that's what Sarah's for. No, no. Well, I mean, Sarah does She makes problems go away. No, I mean, she does. No, Sarah can, if someone needs a talking to, Sarah can be the person to do it. But I'm just saying, I want someone on the air, problem with a neighbor, guy fixed my car incorrectly. I want somebody that I can bring in, and the guy will just go, look, I'm going to take care of this. That's what you want. You want somebody who can handle a problem for you. You don't need to, you know, like a Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? A cleaner. That's why it helps to know Italians. I suppose. Well, we've got Aaron. Um, Italians can take care of anything. And there's a joke, you know, there's a joke that almost came out of my mouth thinking about. That's the kind of thing I'm, <coughs> that's the kind of thing I'm referring to. No. Italians are all Chinese waiters. Have that's you taken true. that test? What Did test? they ever make you take the test about cultural tolerance? I can yeah, I say I, actually, already I, knowing I, the answer is no. I kind of failed it. 
a couple times before I, I finally got it right. All right. Well, fantastic. Apparently, I don't know what to say and not what to say. So. You, really? Yeah. I'm stunned. Uh, let's see. So we got more bad news from the Hillary campaign. Uh, how hot is the governor's call, girl? Uh, and I think that, oh, it is high concept Thursday. And we didn't do that last week. So we'll try to do that maybe today. Big pile of uh, emails as well uh, here. Uh, let's see. Working on the following stories for your edification and in for the vacationing, Tim Riley. This is Timmy Ryan. With the following headlines, before I get to this, I just want to point out, I'm the first person to trademark this. You know, the uh, client number nine? Yes. All right. I guarantee some douchebag is going to write a parody for like Rush Limbaugh. number nine. It's going to be love client number nine. Has Already it done. Done. Oh. done two days ago. Really? You just see so you know. Son of a bitch. I was thinking about this last night. No, I went to my PD dinner. Uh, we had a, we have like a little program director's confab we do every six or seven weeks. So we're sitting there at dinner, and that was somebody brought that up because I think... I don't want to swear to this, but I think Chris Paddock at KUFO had it emailed to him by some guy. Like, I work for the Chuckle Hut Comedy Service. Please now to listen to Love Client Number 9. I was two days too late. you got to be fast on the draw, Timmy oh, Ryan. It's, you know what it is? It is not like it used to be, where one can record these things and then send them out on an, L, on a, like on an Edison like wax cylinder right. or something. All right, here are the following headlines. Elliot Spitzer's prostitute has been identified, and she is hot as balls. If you like putting meat in your mouth. You might want to think again. Hillary finally apologizes for Bill Clinton. Ashley Simpson discusses her facial. Castro allows Cubans to finally buy rice cookers. All right. And uh, I have... Well, actually, I have two more. Yes, go, go ahead. Okay, you ready? Okay. <clears throat> Kelso Man has sex with nieces in exchange for discount clothing. And finally, 30,000 a year awake during surgery and are unable to move or speak. Please, please tell me that one of these headlines is fake. And please let it be the surgery one. No. Or maybe the Kelso one. All true. Well, okay. That's my nightmare. I remember just keep watching an episode of The Twilight Zone. Where they're Tales giving, from the Crypt. Tales from thinking. the Crypt, yeah. yeah. Where the guy and it, and it just... Or he's getting the autopsy and he's in there he's like, <laughs> I'm And is oh. that the one where the sound of the bone saw or whatever, yeah. like, merges with his scream? I think I remember that. Yeah. Well done. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to the news hour already. Joined uh, today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello, and how are you today? Hello. Hi, how are you doing? How are things? They're okay. Okay. No. Big night last night? No. No, not at all. Watch some America's Next Top Model. Of course And then, did. yeah, and just hang out with some friends. All right. No biggie. I didn't ride my bike today, too, because it was really rainy. And That's okay. Depressing. You know what? I didn't, you know. You know, I can tell right now, though, as you're projecting, because you, things are different, and you always get a little thrown off when something's different, and I can tell you're a little thrown off because it's Timmy Ryan and not Tim Ryan. Well, it's not just that. It's and just then the, the lighting's lighting, all The weird. lighting is different, too. And, and me standing over there and not there, it's kind of throwing And me my off dark too. features just kind of, you know. Now, what do you mean when you say I'm projecting? I say projecting even more. Exactly. No, because you always are like, how are you? Because I'm inquiring extra more about your exactly. state of mind. Exactly, because I'm sitting here acting completely normal. I can see you. You're kind of spiraling. How are you feeling, Sarah? And you're looking around. You keep staring at me. I'm like, Geez. Are you off kilter today, Sarah? <laughs> Something wrong? Uh, no, it's not. It, it... Do you mean to wear, like, a Tim Riley cut-out mask to make you feel a little yes. better? Yes. I'm going to start that right now. Idea. <laughs> um, no, let me say first and foremost, let me just put this out there. I really am in a fine mood, uh, but it is... It, things are a little bit different, and it's not just you. Sarah really nailed it. The lighting in here. Who who adjusted this track lighting? Timmy did. This morning, did you point that thing toward the door? I did because it was pointing right in my eyes. I can't stand light in my eyes. I don't like light in general. Just it's only pointing in your eyes. eyes if you spend your time staring at the ceiling like a mole. 
I, I mean, it doesn't... We've got to kind of manipulate the light a little bit because it is kind of throwing off the... Well, it's fine. It, it, I can't it, it, work in these conditions, Sarah. This it, is not my contract. When I came in this morning, oh, I opened the door to the studio, and so Timmy had turned this light. Yeah, don't do that. Okay, this is... Okay, I... I no, just turn how it was today. It was okay, shining but, right in my damn face. Okay, but turn it, like, maybe straight down. I can do puppet shadows. Maybe, like, straight down at the counter. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Are we going to have anybody sitting there? No, because I walked, in, them. I walked into the studio this morning. I opened the door, and he had turned one of the lights so it was facing the door. And so it was I like you opened it, was, it. And you walk into a spotlight. And it was like someone was storing a supernova inside the studio. And you or kind you of, oh, going wrong, to heaven. wrong door. You know? So, all right. Uh, in any event. No, I'm in a fine mood, though. Everything me is too. great. Lots of stuff to get to today. Let me just say this. Uh, we'll get these calls. Uh, I think people are calling about... Wait, is it, yes, scraping oh. their corneas. Can uh, I tell you, remember how I told you I was going to start that project yesterday? Yes. I did, and I scare myself. Really? At how easily it came. I wrote, like, the first chapter. Can we now, Can we say vaguely what you're doing? Vaguely. You're writing a book. You already just revealed yeah. it. So Sarah's writing a book about what we will not say. Uh, but it's a project that you've been sort of percolating on for some time. And I time. just decided to start it yesterday, and... I wanted to email it to you. You were stuck. No, but see, so, resist the urge. I know. Resist the urge. Uh, I don't mean to be like Johnny, Johnny, right, right guy, whatever that guy. Um, resist the urge to show anybody uh, the project until the first draft is entirely done. Okay. Uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna become a guy. So how long do you think a book has to be? Well, are you for a novel? Fifty thousand words. Okay. That's considered, 50,000 words is when you edge into novel territory. And even shorter than 50,000, but long, see now it's the whole thing. Um, I can just go on about this stuff endlessly. Um, and I even have a name for it, too. Of course you do. Uh -huh. um, so the thing is, if you get into like 35 to 40,000 words, then you're entering what is called the novella. And that's sort of a weird short novel, and there's really no market for those, you know, as I understand it. But Fight Club, I think, was 55,000 words, and that's a damn short book. That's like you can read that in like an hour. Okay. So 50,000 words and up. Generally considered, that's where the novel sort of begins, is at 50,000 words. But, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, God, goddamn, whatever that book was, Brokeback Mountain, mm -hmm. it's like a 65-page book. I mean, no lie, it's like 60 pages. So, I mean, if you, if you go to the store and, like, you go to Borders or something and you see Bro they've actually done that thing where they start bundling it with other stories because they realize people don't want to fork over, like, $19 for that. But it's like a pamphlet, basically. Huh. So, but about 50,000 words, generally okay. speaking. But just small piece of advice. This is my only piece of advice to you. I need advice because I don't know. Because I don't really know. I know like Dick about writing. Uh, but I will say, you've got to resist the urge to show it to anybody until it's done. Because if you show it to anybody while it is still being written, either A, they'll go, it's great. And then that sort of takes the pressure off you to really work on it. Because you're like, I'm a genius. That's wonderful. And then it's like you need the sort of pressure of a little bit of uncertainty to keep you going through it. Uh -huh. But if you show it to anybody and it is, and if they say anything like, well, I, I don't know, I, 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 don't, I guess I see what you're going for. Then it's like you're going to be like, oh, I'm a failure. <laughs> and then you'll shred it and never go back to it. So wait Nobody. until the first okay. draft is entirely done. Don't show it to anyone. But if you want to create a buzz, just leak <laughs> fake versions of it on the Internet. And people are like, is it real or is it not? Leave an accidental Xerox copy in Howell's like in a coffee shop. Like leave a fake manuscript in a bus stop. All right.
Uh, let's see. Here's what I almost started the show with today, by the way. I'm not yeah, going to play it. Yeah, you said that it was going to be a mistake. I was gonna, yeah, I, I had something all ready to start the show with, and then I didn't because it was just retarded. There was no way to make it sound. There was no way to make it unlame. I was going to play something from Pretty Woman today because of the whole Elliot Spitzer thing. And it was just, it couldn't be done. Because here's the thing about Pretty Woman. I know that it's an important move, uh, movie culturally. I know that in terms of American film history, it was notable for launching their career, really cementing the career of Julia Roberts. Uh, huge moneymaker. Entered the pop culture lexicon. Decent soundtrack. All of these things. And her boobs in it. But, but God damn, it's just a terrible film. I mean, I don't know when the Pretty last woman. time. Yeah, when the last time you watched Pretty Woman, I watched like, recently. It's awful. A critical eye. Awful. It's terrible. It's terrible. I kind of like it actually. I mean, it's, no, it's it has a boob in it. I'm saying it's enjoyable. There's but one frame badly you can see Julia Roberts' boob. That got me through like eight years of puberty. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. That's I've I've never. I've never heard anything. From like eight years old to 16, that's what I watched. It's an enjoyable film, like a lot of films kind of from that, like the pre-Pulp Fiction era when Hollywood was just sort of cranking up pap. But it's just a completely, I mean, the film is made of tissue paper. I mean, it would blow away in a strong, in a strong gust. So I tried to play some of the, like the shopping sequence doesn't work on the air, obviously, because it's a montage. And I was trying to, the thing where he's on the fire escape at the end doesn't work. And the thing where he's... I need directions to whatever the Beverly Hills. The fire escape part is so awful. It's when awful. He's talking about the rose in his teeth. And... Do you know what that fire escape thing at the end is like? And I know we're talking about Pretty Woman, but you just have to bear with me for a second, men 18 to 44. The thing about Pretty Woman is at the end when he's on the fire escape with the rose in his teeth, it, watching it now, it's hard not to think of that... What is it, the Ocean Walker or whatever that crap is that maybe Funke is trying to pitch an Arrested Development? And then they walk across the favorite, ocean to each other. I have that as one of my favorite movies on the MySpace. Jesus, it's, it's so bad. You know, uh, I'll give you directions for five bucks. Well, that's a lot. Well, I can charge whatever I want. I ain't lost. I mean, it's awful. Oh. Anyway, so there. So we're not going to do that. Uh, two brief and observations. And laughing at uh, I Love Lucy. Oh, God. It's terrible. Or when she's in the elevator, you know, oh, a couch for two, just what I like. Or the whole kooky flossing thing. Yeah, it's no good. It's like she's been raised by wolves or something. <laughs> and her best friend, Kit. Oh, God. Uh, work it. Luca. Own it. Work it, work it. Okay, we have Kit to stop Luca, you're right. Stop that right now. Why do you know that? <laughs> I Mr. told I, you. Mr. I hate that film. What film? What? Uh-huh. I, what? I, what? Uh, Pretty Woman? Yeah. I love that. I told you I love that film. Remember, I, I, it's the boob that got him to I also like uh, Mystic Pizza. Uh, well, Mystic Pizza is a good film. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been there. I've been to Mystic Pizza in Connecticut. Okay, so I thought you only liked it for the boob, but you you legitimately like Pretty Woman. Nothing think, to be ashamed of. I think it's a fine movie. Nothing to be ashamed of there. All right. Well, that's fine. You know what? Can I just tell you this? Uh, and we're going to put a cork in this now. We're not going to do any more of this because it'll become a high concept thing. You know, a terrible film that I will watch anytime it's on, and it's a truly awful film, is Airheads with Brendan Fraser yeah. and uh, Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler. Where they lock him in the radio station. Do you remember the name of the station? <laughs> Rebel Radio. It's an awful film. Airheads is so goddamn bad. I will watch it anytime it comes on, though. Anytime. And not just because it's about radio. It's just... It's a really enjoyable film, but boy, is it stupid. And it's got that secretary with the, the, the big cans who's kind of ugly but kind of hot. You know what I mean? Yes. The one that Adam Sandler gets it on with. And she's kind of weird looking, but she's kind of hot. 
Anyway. There needs to be a real ra- uh, film about radio that's put out at some point besides talk radio. Uh, the talk, talk radio, radio sucks. So it's a, just such a terrible it's film. Bad. It's a great movie. No, it's not. The, uh, the, the, only, uh, the only other no, one that they've not. put out is uh, there's that movie FM that came out in the yeah. 70s with Martin Mull. Yeah, that no. was the basis for WKRP. Right. Um, okay, we don't have time to do much now, so I'll do this. And then we'll do, do like two calls, and then we'll break. Come back with uh, Lisa Desjardins. Uh, one observation. My wife came up with a great phrase because, you know, I love me some bacon. And the studio is still festooned with paper bacon for my I'm birthday. I'm playing with a piece of bacon right now. Right there. My me wife, too. My wife dubbed me a bacon tour. I'm going to begin calling myself that right now. I'm not a raccoon tour. I'm a bacon tour. Uh, okay. Also this, why do microwaves have no bacon preset? I was cooking some bacon the other day. And you ever look at the microwave and you're too lazy to punch in numbers? And so you're going, dinner, frozen entree, seafood, beverage, Popcorn. And you're trying to find the preset that most closely approximates, like, what you're going to need. Anyway, there you go. I don't have any presets on my microwave. I don't have one of your fancy Savage. Do you have a dial? Tell me it has a dial that you no, turn. No, I used to have one of those. Uh, most of my kitchen appliances and things are things I inherited from my sister. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think this is actually the first new microwave that I've ever owned. I mean, most of the things I own now that are new... This is the first like first new car I've ever had, first new microwave I've ever had, first new vacuum I've ever had. So, all right. Us healthy vegans don't have this problem, Rick. Whatever. Let's uh, do a couple of these and then we'll. Meters, uh, you know. Come on. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson show. Hello. Hey, hey Rick. How you doing? What's up? Hey, uh, I wanted to tell you, my daughter, when she was just learning to walk, actually took a good sized divot out of her cornea. A divot out of her cornea. Beware yeah. the steaming divot. Yeah. See, Todd, that's a pretty woman right there. Yes? Yeah, she was trying to pull herself up onto the couch, and when her hand slipped off and came towards her face, her fingernail of one of oh. her fingers scraped across oh. the floor. Oh, no, no, no. No, now, please, now, before I feel bad, uh, does she have her sight? She does. We took her to the hospital, oh, okay. and they poured oh. this dye in her eye and put it under black light, and you, it made her whole eye kind of glow, and it actually healed up in about four days. Jesus. Cool. That's pretty cool, actually. I would have felt really bad if you're like, now she uses a cane. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, that was awful. I mean, I wonder how much when that hurt. When she was a baby, then? Yeah, that's when she was just learning how to walk. That's what I bought my friend Lisa for her for her baby. I bought her because I thought they were hilarious baby mitts. Because babies' nails are so sharp. Oh, so they're they like can't gouge themselves. Yeah, yeah, they can like cut you and the. Why are babies' fingernails so sharp? Or is it just that their skin is buttery soft? I don't know. All right, thank you. Thanks, Rick. Bye. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. So, scratching your cornea. Yeah. Oh. I was uh, walking home from the bar one night. And I should have known this would happen. Yes? As all good stories start. Uh-huh. And walks directly into the tip of a tree limb. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. The weirdest thing was how everything got fuzzy right before it <laughs> yeah, that was into my cornea. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Uh, but, uh, and I so for like a day and a half, I, I couldn't even open my other eye because of the, the watering and everything was so bad. And so, but you, are your eyes okay now? Oh, yeah, it's fine. It heals, they heal up pretty Scale well. Scale of 1 to 10. Researched it and they were like, hey, there's nothing you can do. Don't even go to the doctor. Scale of 1 to 10, how much did it hurt? It, it actually didn't hurt that bad. Oh, that's kind of creepy that it wouldn't hurt that badly. You want that to hurt so you know if you've done it. No, it really didn't hurt that bad. Jesus. So uh, two quick things. I buy my Applegate Sunday bacon at New Seasons every week. Uh-huh. And F. Matt with Julia Roberts Fourth Face. All right. Thank you. Bye now. All right. We have to uh, break. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get calls around the corner. Uh, Timmy Ryan at noon with the noon news hour. Uh, Jim Rook coming up later on. Steve Castor. I'm all that stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That coffee cup. Hot lips pizza. Oh, okay. All right. It's a coffee cup with like red kiss marks all over, red female. It's a, it's a soda cup. And so I thought it might have been from one of those like sex espresso places. 
one of those like where you get you know it's coffee but it's served to you by some uh, some Elliot Spitzer girl. Oh yeah, isn't there one of those? Yeah, there's several of those. There's one in Bremerton. They keep emailing me too. They get, one of them keeps oh, emailing those. me demanding that I give them free advertising. Not going to happen. They sent those really tacky mints, right? Yes, they did. Oh. Yes, they did. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, from the hills, CNN Radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. Why, hello there. How are you today? Hi, guys. It's been a wild day here in Washington. How are you? Has it been both wild and woolly? <laughs> um... It's not over yet. Would you say it's been more wild, more woolly, more of a roller coaster, or more out of control? <laughs> uh, it hasn't been zany. I wish I could say that. All right. Uh, uh, probably more wild. Now, what's more... made it what's made it so weird? Because I'm looking here and it says, well, I guess maybe it's given away by the phrase, a huge budget battle is brewing in Congress. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. You know, the presidential candidates, we call them the presidentials here on Capitol Hill, are actually here today. So that's really just kind of amping up the volume all the more, a lot more security. And to add to that, these budget votes are very close in the Senate. So Vice President Dick Cheney is here to actually break ties. And he has done that once this morning already. So so really it's sort of a frenzy, and, and you don't get a lot of opportunity to talk to all of these people. So uh, the press corps is running around trying to find Obama and Clinton. Every time the two of them are near each other on the Senate floor, there is literally an announcement uh, here where the broadcast booths are uh, that, that says, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama passing near <laughs> each other now. That's so great. And plus, if you added, let me ask you this. When Dick Cheney walks down an aisle or something, do people shrink away in fear? <laughs> Do people just sort of in in horror and awe? Do they just sort of pull back instinctively? You know, I don't. He actually comes in. Uh, it, his his seat is on that dais right against the back wall, so he right. comes in that back door and goes straight to his seat. I don't think he does a lot of aisle walking. So he just he's, does he? Maybe it's sort of sort of like in uh, in in Star Wars: uh, the, the Revenge of the Sith or whatever, where he floats in on some sort of pod flanked by Imperial guards. <laughs> It's a little bit like that, just a little bit. So I, I do love the idea, though, that there's like a, that there's some sort of alert that goes out that <laughs> Hillary and Barack, that it's like one of those air traffic control alarms when planes get within half a mile of each other or something. Isn't that, that great? And I'll have to, we, and we actually we get some emails, too, from uh, various people who are observing the floor. I should send you some of them. They're, they, they are pretty funny. You know, Hillary Clinton... Uh, you know, and John McCain talking on the side of the Senate chamber, those can, kinds of things. It's pretty good. Can I go off, and I know this will surprise you, can I go off subject for just a moment? Of course. So speaking of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama sort of walking next to each other, and there was that, I forget exactly where it was, I can't even remember now, that there was that thing that uh, about a month ago where it was like, it was Ted Kennedy and Barack and Hillary, like, all in the shot together. I can't even remember what it was for at this point. Probably for the uh, when the president was here for State of the Union. Uh, that was probably it. Um, so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about uh, whenever it was. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was on Super Tuesday. Maybe not. It was one of those things where, the, you know, you're watching and they say, well, we have learned at this hour that uh, Senator Clinton has called Senator Obama and congratulated him on his victory. And uh, now it's uh, on to Ohio and Texas, Wolf. And, and so... I wonder to myself, and maybe there's no way to know this, what, I mean, first of all, do, do those phone calls really happen, or is that some, is that like a thing they just say? No, those really do happen. So what are those phone calls like, do you imagine? I mean, really, honestly, and I, I, I do sincerely wonder about that. What does the phone call sound like? You know, I've been present for only one that I can think of, and that was in a, a state election in South Carolina. And usually they're very short 
uh, incredibly cordial. Uh, they don't. They 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 really just get to the point. And this, <laughs> it, you know, hey, hi Barack. Uh, good job tonight. I just want to congratulate you. Well, thank you, Hillary. Uh, I appreciate that. And then it's you know, especially if you're something like this, where the, where the, the war is far from over. I mean, there are fu- future battles to come. It's not like you're sort of conceding defeat overall. If I mean, if you're conceding defeat on one night, but you know the two weeks hence. Uh, you're going to be up against the same guy. It's just that's got to be that's got to be a special kind of brittle politeness in those calls. I would imagine <laughs> it really does depend on the night. I think a lot of folks have observed that Hillary Clinton now has a new strategy for nights when she loses. She does call Barack Obama, but otherwise, no appearances. She doesn't talk about it in the press. She essentially ignored uh, the losses in those Potomac primaries, Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. No appearances, didn't mention it, didn't talk about it. No. And, and same thing this week in Mississippi. She had no appearances, didn't mention it, has not publicly spoken about it at all. Well, she's, I mean, the Clintons are very savvy, and they know that if you don't, if you do not necessarily draw attention to something, okay. it is possible to sort of skirt it past the American public who are busy watching Simon Cowell. On the, on the other hand, Barack Obama really does, every time he said, congratulations, good win to Hillary Clinton. In, you know, in Texas, on Ohio, he went out of his way. So they really are going for that, uh, you know, nice guy thing, and, and she's not. Um, <laughs> is it, if I can sort of dovetail, if yeah. I can dovetail a couple of things today, uh, is it, was Elliot Spencer one of Hillary's superdelegates? Yes. <laughs> Oh, boy, she's having a week, isn't she? She's having, between Elliot Spitzer and, and Geraldine <laughs> Ferraro. Uh, but, you know, the new governor of New York is also a Hillary Clinton supporter, so. It, so the, okay, okay, so there's not going to be, so there will be, it'll be a wash, if a, a push, as they wash. say in Vegas. That's, that's a wash. All right, um, so. You're right about Geraldine Ferraro, and that whole thing, I think, is fascinating. I, I really want to talk to Geraldine Ferraro more about what she was saying, because now she is, uh, saying that, that it, it actually is a credit to African-American voters, that, that African-American voters are more in tune, that they're getting out there. Uh, and, and, you know, she made a similar remark about Jesse Jackson in 1984, we now know, where she said Jesse Jackson would not be where he is if he weren't black. And, you know, she's saying this is just I'm crediting African-American voters. Now, Barack Obama's never called this racist. I think just, I think honestly, she's saying, oh, Barack Obama's going after me because uh, he wants to weaken Hillary Clinton. The truth is, the press, this is one of those I gotta give to the press, for good or for bad, the, the press is the one that seized on this first and said, whoa, this, this, this sounds kind of, kind of, uh, kind of racist. Like, this sounds a little, you know, saying someone is somewhere because of their race and he wouldn't be there if he was another race. It just doesn't. It sounds kind on, of controversial. On the surface of it, it does seem like an unfortunate remark, at the very least. It does, you know. And he never said it was racist. She is explaining it now, but she is she is hot and angry at uh, the Barack Obama campaign. She really thinks that uh, th- this is that they've crossed the line. Of course, they think she crossed the line. Well, you know what? I, really, I should say that for better or worse, at least this did remind people that she existed because she. I had I had put. Uh, her in sort of the the deep storage uh, basement of my brain a long time ago, uh, you know. I, I sort of for, uh, the only thing I really had remembered about her recently is that she looked a lot like Sally Jesse Raphael. Other than that, I had uh, <laughs> I just sort of filed her away. Uh, did you see? And I and I only heard a little bit of this, so this may not even be true. But I I, I heard something today talking about press coverage. I heard something today about how NBC News apparently took a shot at SNL. Accusing SNL of being of becoming basically a, a, a cog in the Clinton machine. Have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't. I'm frantically looking that up online. So now. I may be wrong. I may be sort of mishearing. I may be misremembering, as Roger Clemens would say. But I uh, <laughs> uh, 
I, I, I heard something this morning. Uh, out kind of with one ear about NBC News kind of calling out SNL for pandering to the Clinton, you know, becoming basically part of the Clinton campaign. Huh. So I don't know if that's true, but just uh, you and I have talked about that before, about how, but the first three post-strike well, episodes. Because I'd like to know more about that. Uh, you know, like, like we said, those skits that they did did seem to help out Clinton, but, you know, they, they were based on a lot of, of things that people were talking about at the sure. time. Uh, all right, so uh, I guess let me know if anybody slugs anybody else in the face today down there. That'd be interesting. How about that? How about that? You know, and in the middle of all of that, uh, my second big boss from Atlanta, out of the blue, calls and says, "Hey, I'm coming up there. We're going to come visit you." <laughs> and it, it just has been really a, a really silly day. It is a it is a day filled with endorphins. <laughs> Something. I'm not sure. All right. Are you on tomorrow? I am. All right. As always, have a great day. We will talk to you then. Okay, you too. Thank you. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wonderful. Excellent. Genius. Okay. Um, Sorry, but I couldn't tell. That looked like Mike Everhart over there. Uh, next door? Yeah. Is it? I can't I can't tell. I couldn't see his no, face. that's, uh, it is. Is it? That is Michael Everhart. <laughs> How is Michael Everhart? I don't know. Here? That's because I saw it kind of looked like him. I'm like, that can't be Mike Everhart. Well, all right, there you go, Mike Everhart, uh, former uh, engineer of uh, <gasps> of uh, the Rick Emerson radio program. Perhaps he's coming back to uh, it. Do you didn't? I didn't say that. Okay. And I really didn't say that. Uh, what? Okay. What am I doing? I was all I got distracted by a thing. Uh, did you hear Tim, Tim Ryan say that thing about how he's got uncontrollable itching today? Yeah, and he like keeps scratching himself. <laughs> he's, I'm so glad Tim Tim Riley isn't here to see that. So I know I think I made him upset with me because I think he's really on edge about the itching thing, and then he was yelling at us about pop tarts during like, the, during the break. So Timmy Ryan is here in for Tim Riley, and during the break he's kind of going and just like uncontrollably scratching himself all over him. And, and I'm just like, what do you what do you do? He's like, I got this uncontrollable itching. That's what you want to hear, by the way, from a guy who's like a foot away from you. And I went, oh, I went okay. And he goes, and then, so, and then we started talking about Pop-Tarts. And then he unlit, Pop-Tarts are filled with hooves. As though there's anything wrong with hooves. So, How's it itching? How's your itching? Hello, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back right. from the baño. Uh, let's take this call. Uh, we got Steve Kassenbaum here in a few. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Hey, I heard that Love Client Number 9 on Rush Limbaugh like two days ago. Of course you did. All right. What's yeah, that, that white comedian Paul Shanklin. Uh, was, it, was, it, parodies. was it good or was it crap? Uh, it was the usual. <laughs> I guess it, it was funny. I, I guess. will say that there was a time I haven't listened to Rush like as a, a fan in a long time because, in my opinion, he you know he kind of fell off a long time ago. But uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but but again, that that being said, one of my all-time heroes. No getting away from that. Uh, there was a time when Rush Limbaugh had really some of the finest parody work. Uh, known to man on the radio. I mean, there, there was a time when when he was the gold. I'm, there's there are uh, some of those where it's like it was just a confluence of events that gave him just a, a brilliant window uh, of time to parody something. What is the one? Uh, like I remember at one point uh, during the during the Clinton years, of course, it seemed like every single time something would happen, he would find exactly the right song. I remember when he, instead of instead of the Wanderer. The philanderer. Uh, the philanderer. Right. Yeah, totally. The philanderer. That's pretty funny. Uh, uh, instead of the wanderer. And I think it was Donna Shalala, who was the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And I think she was the one who said that we ought to teach masturbation to school children or something. Okay, yeah. And, and, in, and that was right around the time that that Eric Clapton Unplugged album came out. And so Rush, like two minutes later, he had that Shalala. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, okay, that's it. That's why he's, that's why he's the man. All right, thank you, sir. 
Uh, yeah, hey, uh, about the cornea? Yeah. Oh. It's really easy to scratch it. You could just, what feels like a piece of dust in your eye. Let's all do it now. And just rub your eye, and then next thing you know, and about that guy saying it wasn't painful, it's more annoying than painful because... Now I'm blinking my eyes uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly, thanks. yeah, and you have to look, if you want to look straight ahead at somebody, you have to tilt your head to the right, <laughs> <laughs> and then look, look at them out of the corner of your eye. Like you're one of those guys with a bum eye. All right, <laughs> yeah. excellent, thank you, sir. All right, best show ever. Oh, wonderful. Greg, right. can I play something for you? Can you? What Did you it? want to hear that? Did you want to hear it? What? The love... Oh, God. His image as a tough crusader's moot. Governor's fixer, resign, resign, resign. A wiretap reveals he's love clients number nine. I wish I was dead. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From New York City. Wow, that's bad. Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. You know, I, I feel like that one was the obvious one. No? Yeah. Well, radio loves things that are obvious and not terribly well done. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, oh, and sung by the most unattractive man. Look at is that Is he guy. hideous? He is completely oh, hideous. Oh, God. He looks That's like a, no a singing good. potato. <laughs> he he, he, he no does Elliot, look like a potato. He's no Elliot Spitzer. Uh, all right, oh, and by the way, Timmy Ryan, of all people, has corrected me on this. Jocelyn Elders, apparently, was the one who said we ought to uh, teach masturbation to children. That was not... Do so why was Donna Shalala being parodied? Well, God only knows. All right. Jocelyn Elders, there you go. How's your uh, how's your day? How are, how's how's life in New York City? Busy? Yeah, you, you think? Um, hey, did you um, uh, so did you see this thing about her MySpace page? Did this uh, hooker? Uh, oh yeah. Can we say she's a hooker? Is this alleged? I mean, we know she's a hooker, right? Well, she told her family that she was working for an escort service. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. As uh, as somebody once said in The Simpsons, hillbillies like to be called sons of the soil too, but it ain't gonna happen. Uh, so uh, in any event, so there's this horrible song apparently because I guess she was some burgeoning recording artist or whatever. Um, it's just just awful. So, anywho, so here's an interesting question: When they say that the Spitzer's gonna be out and then this new guy's gonna be on a Monday because it's a time of transition, what does that mean? Time of transition. It means that uh. David Patterson, the lieutenant governor, who will be the first African-American and first legally blind governor of New York State, is it wants this to be a smooth transition. He wants to get people in place to, uh, on his team, he wants his you know, closest advisors to really get a handle of all the issues that he's stepping into right now. You know, he doesn't want to just take over immediately willy-nilly and, and all of a sudden have all these things thrust upon him and, and have decisions uh, required of him immediately. So he wants to sort of make sure he has a handle of everything. In fact, literally, you're, you're hearing it first uh, on, on your show. Uh, he just spoke a little while ago uh, up in Albany. He made his first public appearance, and he showed us that he uh, has a sense of humor. Thank you very much. If most of you weren't being paid, I'd be flattered by that. <laughs> okay. okay, that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> uh, so here's a dumb question. So does this... And I'm sorry, and I apologize. What is his name? David Patterson. David Patterson. Here's a dumb question. Does this help or hurt him? Because, in other words, he, you know, obviously inextricably linked uh, with Elliot Spitzer in some way. But on the other hand, it seems like this is his chance to really, uh, you know, to, to hurdle over the whatever, the thing, and to really clean up the office, right? That he's he can come in and be like, look, I'm going to restore honor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, in fact, uh, you know, because there is so much turmoil right now, Revolving around the uh, the Spitzer uh, scandal, he has the luxury of having, at least in in the public eye, 
having all of the uh, state uh, senators and assemblymen on both sides of the aisle, not just the Democratic Party, saying they uh, they want to work with him, they're willing uh, to put aside partisan uh, politics, uh, at least for the time being, so they can, you know, have a smooth transition and get back to the uh, business of running the state. All right. I'm sorry. I just I was just trying to. Are you? Is that a cell phone ringing? You know. Yeah. I, it's and, and it's really fine. I just I wanted to make sure it wasn't anything in our studio ringing. So I, I'm so, so embarrassed. No, 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 no. It's it's fine. But sometimes in the studio, and Sarah will tell you this, we have noises that start playing for no reason. Yeah, we, we were hearing voices the other day. There's a there's a mystery phone in the studio that never ever rings, and then sometimes during the show it will begin ringing, but no one is on it. So the the studio is filled with all kinds. Of, it's like we're on an Indian burial ground or something here. So. Good. Um, huh? But he's so he's got a grace period though where he's going to be the he's going to be the cleaner as it were. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of these guys that uh, you know in political circles everybody loves him. He's 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 well known. Uh, he's seen as a guy who builds consensus. That uh, he's not confrontational yet. He's firm uh, and and he's a very bright guy. I heard these stories uh, from people who went to college with him. Uh, you know he's legally blind, very limited uh, eyesight in in just one eye. So much so that he needed somebody to read to him uh, all the material from uh, from classes, and supposedly he was so smart that he could recall that information that was read to him after just one time, you know, for the remainder of, of a semester. And and people who read to him the the classwork would actually come back to him to uh, to ask him, hey, what do I need to know again here? What's this class all about? Or, or you know, and he'd be able to recount it as if uh, he was just told it yesterday. Has anybody begun calling uh, saying uh, justice is legally blind? Oh. Let me be the first to do that. You can do that. You can have that. Yeah. I, I, think, I'll, I, think, I think I'll Or not. Away. Oh, okay. Yeah, you do that. All right. Um, are you on tomorrow, my friend? You probably are. You're probably not going to get a day off for like a year now. You know, I thought I was going to have a little bit of quiet time no. after the Ohio and Texas primaries, no. and now this happened. Uh, but uh, this weekend, uh, I have to go up to Albany on Sunday, so I'm in place for the swearing in on Monday. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will undoubtedly speak with you in the very near future. Enjoy the rest of your day to whatever extent that's possible. Yeah, at, at some point I'm just going to crash. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, and, until until then, my friend, have a, uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Take care. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. My pen just came apart. Over Can I tell you how much I love coffee? How much do you love coffee? So much. I'm having a love affair with my coffee over here. I've just drank this entire thing. Okay. Thank you, Timmy Ryan. Uh, now, the, is that coffee from the kitchen in here? Mm-hmm. You know, we have good coffee here. This is fantastic you coffee. Know, you know who's responsible for that? That'd be Rick Emerson who's responsible for that. Uh, for good because, coffee here? Uh, for the good, I, if I can take a little bit of credit. Actually, we have to thank. <laughs> I think you already have. <laughs> and we have to thank Teresa Daywald too because she helped kind of push it through. Uh, but when we were over at the Coin uh, Tower, this coffee we have here, this World Cup, I think is that what it's called? Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's what they have at the Coin Tower, and we worked there, and it was really good. And then a couple times before they moved us to this building, we did a few one-off shows here, like when Lycus was here, we did one, and we did one for some other reason, I forget why. Uh, and the coffee here was just crap. It was just, it was dreck. Uh, and I just, I just, <laughs> I think I just actually went to Teresa today when I said, this can't, this, this will not stand. Like, we can't have this. I can't drink this. This is swill. Uh, and so she actually, uh, I made that request, and she actually got that pushed through. So uh, so I made the request, but, and TC, though, she really uh, helped make that happen. That coffee in the kitchen is really good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know, Can I just say this? I drink uh, coffee, as you might have noticed, uh, every day, but there are some days 
when it's when it really is just it's it's the greatest thing you've ever this, had. I'm having one of those days because sometimes I'm like, oh, coffee. I'm like, this is so good. Yeah, there are days when the coffee is just sort of fuel. It's a thing you drink because maybe it's a habit or it's whatever. And there's some days when you drink it and you're like, this was meant to be. That coffee doesn't hold up well. Sometimes I'm here like at two in the morning and I need a cup of coffee. I thought you drink wine when you were here at 2 in the morning. That too. Well, oh, you can't go to the plaid anymore, can you? <laughs> <laughs> I went over there the other day, by the way. Oh, that did you see Tabby? I did, as she was dancing with no one, like behind the counter. She likes to dance by herself. I went and she was having a whole little, like, fame moment in there. Yeah, actually, I did go over there the other night to buy some liquor, and I, I said, hey, Tabby, how you doing? She did said, you say it like that? Hey, No, I said exactly like that. It's just like, hey, Timmy. All right. And then I bought the wine. The way you court people is weird. Yeah, court people? courting is sort of yeah. an elastic term for that. <laughs> the way you sleep with people and they never call them again. Yeah. What? <laughs> Come on. The way you use and abandon people is really endearing to me. Let's take a break here. We come back. Timmy Ryan at the Ministry of Truth. And for Tim Riley, uh, later on, uh, we'll talk perhaps to CNN radio correspondent James Root. Mr. We Skin. Excellent, we will. Uh, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, the top five uh, glorious bastard of the week. Oh, and a big announcement. I didn't make the big announcement. I got a big announcement. Yes, it's that. But I, but I, damn it, damn it, damn it, I apologize. Fantastic announcement. I apologize. I just mouthed it to Sarah. I meant to do it at 11. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll get to that when we come back. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Fantastic. Excellent. Mike Everhart. Wonderful. Really, that's uh, that's fantastic. Oh, I and him and Matt are just so cool. They seem like they would be friends. You know? I was going to say. So, okay, we should give a little, little, little shop talk here. So, Mike Everhart was our engineer uh, when we worked at KOTK for Fisher Broadcasting. Great guy, great engineer. You know, uh, and came in here and he uh, he'd emailed me the other day. Uh, because he had heard us do our top five or my top five TV theme songs. He emailed me and he's like, hey, I got that Laverne and Shirley theme on vinyl because I was ruminating out loud. I'm like, well, who is it that sings? Because that's kind of a secret club, too. Like the people who sing television theme songs or commercial jingles or something. Uh, and so he said, no, 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 the, the Laverne and Shirley theme song was sung by Cindy Greco. Is I've got the 45 if you want it. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, whenever. So lo and behold, just five minutes ago, he pops up with the 45 of Making Our Dreams Come True, the theme from Laverne and Shirley, uh, let's see, uh, written by uh, Fox and Gimble, Charles Fox and somebody Gimble, uh, and then performed by Cindy Greco, and then it's got a flip side, which is great. And then he also brought on 45, Steve Carlisle, the main theme from WKRP in Cincinnati. And the great thing about this is, because it's a 45, I think this actually has a secret stanza that's not on the TV version. Anyway, so uh, so he's secret stanza. Right? I'm gonna go home and listen to it like today. So excellent. Thank you to Mike Everhart. Wonderful. But then he was talking to engineer uh, Matt, and we said, "Well, do you guys know each other?" And they said, "Oh, for Since 1987, 35 years now, or whatever." So I was observing that the engineers in radio are sort of like the stonecutters in The Simpsons, where there's like some weird underground chasm where they all get together and plot our technological demise. All right, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, in for Tim Riley, this is Timmy Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Yes, once again, in for the vacationing Tim Riley, who's in the Bahamas right now, surrounded by many beautiful women. I'm sitting there being, having palm fronds waved at him. And eating grape leaves and drinking uh, fine wine. 
or something. Thank you for not making a living the life of Riley pun right there. I appreciate that. No problem. How's your itching? <laughs> it hasn't gotten much better, but a little bit better since so last what, night. What's going on with the itching? Well, last night I was uh, lying in bed. That's always how you want to start a story about itching. Does Shelly, is Shelly your girlfriend now? Does she itch too? She's my FWB, as I call her. As I call her. No, friends with benefits. We, we've, we've, uh, we've, we've had this discussion. It takes 45 days for me to say that I'm dating somebody. and then after Have we had days, this discussion? She's super nice. I bumped into them at the Agent Orange show on, what was that, Monday? Yeah. And she was nice enough because she lives near me, and so she uh, gave me a ride home. Well, she was show. nice? She yeah. was sober. I was drunk. You got a ride home. Everyone won. Everyone what, was happy. What celebrity would you say she most resembles? Oh, you know what? Julianne Moore from Boogie Nights. Really? Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Well done. And uh, she's super cool, too. Excellent. Really? <laughs> is she nice and I normal? Like, I was like, are, like, what's wrong with you that you're dating Timmy Ryan? Did you check her drink for roofies? <laughs> no, she's, she's sober. She's a former animator from Chicago turned ER nurse. Well, okay. And she knows and her I did wife. see them, like, pawing each other. Like, <laughs> like they're one of those like, couples that you see in, like, you know, a seventh grade dance. Public the display corner. of affection. Nope. Like, they were leaning against the bar quite literally. Like, Timmy's already to mount her on the bar, and they're all like, Bleh. That's <laughs> the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was so gross. And I'm like, who are those people making out next to And, and was, then like, she moved her hair away, and then he saw and Timmy's face. Timmy Ryan, like, <laughs> She's hot for me, man. She can't control herself. Is it the itching that turns you on? <laughs> um, is this the girl you were making out with at the Film Fever Radio yeah, Awards? Yeah, the booyahs, yeah. The short red hair? Yeah, short red hair. With polka glasses, dot dress? Polka dot dress. She was cute. She is. All right, then. Yeah, okay. we're, we're laying in bed last night, and I cannot stop itching. <laughs> That's the sex talk that really turns them on. <laughs> I don't, baby. Baby, when I see you, I can't stop itching. Well, actually, another thing, speaking of boogie nights. Did you give her the itching as well? No, no, no. No, this is this is really bad. Last night on the IFC channel, we were watching boogie nights of course. I, as I was getting drunk on wine. and I You don't own out. it? Oh, I do own it, but it was on IFC. All right. So I'm sitting there watching it, and I, you know. Were you wooing her with your boogie nights knowledge? Yes. Were you impressing her um, with your, your knowledge no, about... Here's how I kind of unimpressed her. Can right. you, I'm sorry, I hate the nerve. Can you, you know, do me... A, a, I'm just saying, can you do me a huge favor and <laughs> not, like, slam your hand into the countertop? Yes. Because it's, uh, it's vibrating into my microphone. I'm not trying to be hypercritical. I'm Thank just you. saying... No, I'm saying this this counter, unlike most radio counters I've heard... I love this studio, I really do, but this counter does have some weird uh, tuning fork-like ability to transmit vibrations. I don't know exactly know why mm. that is. It's something about the way it's built, so... All right, so back to your All right, so you're laying in okay. bed. I'm so I'm laying in bed. I'm kind of like one of those things where I'm like almost asleep, but I'm still hearing boogie nights in the background. And uh, apparently, I I quoted something from Dirk Diggler in my in, a, in your sleep. In my sleep, you began speaking along with um, the film in your sleep. Well, it was something pretty um, derogatory towards her. <laughs> in a, in a, Toward in a, her in was a sexy like, kind of way. I don't understand. Derogatory in a sexy way. Yes. Was Is it that like, like who's were my, you commanding her to do something? Who's a who's my bad little girl? Who I'm, needs to I'm, Who okay. needs to be disciplined? I, I don't know. I don't need to. Uh, go You've to, been naughty, haven't you? I can't say what I said, but apparently I, I remember waking up and saying, um, "I'm going to ask you one more time." Oh, blank. Where the blank is Ringo? Oh, but that's not. But that's not Dirk Diggler. That's what's his name? Oh, that's John. Flanders. That's Johnny Doe. No, I'm gonna. No, that's not Johnny Doe. That's it. No, I'm gonna ask you one more time, blankety blank. Where the blank is uh, Ringo? Is that where he has? Oh, oh, and then and. And I'll make you talk. Her. And then he says, right, I'll right. make you. And then Something he, like, gets like it out of her. Yeah, yeah. He loves it out of her. Right. All right. Okay. And it worked. Anyway, let's back to the itching. <laughs> 
Okay, so I've been itching uncontrollably since <laughs> about 3 a.m. And uh, it kept me up all night, and she tried to rub some uh, anti-itching cream, which which was cool. Gold um, Bond medicated powder. No, that felt good, you know, but uh, that didn't work. And then she insisted on giving me a Benadryl, and I said, now i got to get up in like three hours. I don't know what's going to happen to me. So yeah, you don't want to take a Benadryl if you have to be up and around. Right. You know, she's like, I'm a nurse. Trust me. And I said, no. Don't they have what's it, like the calamine lotion or some crap? Isn't that they just hey, use that? Yeah. Like I said, she rubbed lotion all You're over me. You're making me feel itchy. Um, now my cornea is uh, hurt and Sarah's itchy now. Thanks. I'm not itching in, in really bad places, though, if you know what I mean. It's just like, you know. I think I know what you mean, Timmy. I Ryan. don't know what you mean, Rick. <laughs> Cracked your code. Yes, you did. All right. Okay. <clears throat> on with the news. On with serious business. Are you still itchy now? <laughs> on yeah. a scale of one to ten, how bad is this? <laughs> how, how itchy? This is like that day. Now that, that I'm talking about it, I can't stop. This this is like that day uh, where uh, where Tim Riley came in and his eed half of his face didn't work because he'd been to the dentist, and I actually had to stop looking at him because it was just <laughs> it was too weird. All right, uh, let's plunge on into the news. Maybe I should just get tested. On a scale of one to ten, how bad is the itching? Uh, it ranges from four to eight. <laughs> is it kind of patchy? Like, is there, are there like spots or anything on you where it's itchy? Yeah, it's kind of like right above my ass and my arms, basically. <laughs> like red itchy patches. I have no response to that. Yeah, do you want me to show you? No, no, That's we okay. don't. No. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Timmy Ryan with the news. All class. <laughs> all class, all the time. Okay, Kristen, the high-priced prostitute, whom New York Governor Elliot Spitzer is believed to have hired, has been identified by the New York Times as Ashley Alexandra Dupree, a 22-year-old aspiring musician and native of, of course, New Jersey. And, of course, now, but that's, now, so is that her given name, Ashley Alexandra Dupree, and then she worked under the name of what, Kristen or whatever? Right. Actually, she was born Ashley Yomance. Okay. All right. Yeah, and she lives in the Flatiron District of Manhattan, so if you're in that area, you can go hire uh, 4500 she can be yours. I've got, uh, let me see, I think I've got this song that she did. Um, does anybody really Does anybody really want to hear this? I, I totally, totally want to hear it. Have you heard it? It's awful. It's, I like um, songs by horse. It's, uh, it's terrible. It's just, I mean, it's not even terrible in an interesting way. It's just, it's just really bad. It's just really bad, like, post, uh, like, post-Neptunes, post-Beyonce, pseudo-R&B. It's just, it's it, how do I put this? Um, I saw there's that one photograph of her, uh, and have we all seen what she looks like, Sarah? Yeah, I've seen her. She's hot. Uh, see, I disagree. Like, I, I, don't I don't think so either. I don't think she's hot. You know what she looks like? I do her. Well, that doesn't necessarily. That's not really a make or break for hotness. I think. You know what she looks like? I hate to say this because I hate to sound like I'm piling on. Uh, you know, because she's having a bit of a week, I guess. But so I hate to sound like I'm just one other guy going and another thing. It's not that she's not attractive, I guess, in some objective sense, because clearly this guy was willing to pay five five large for you know, a night, uh, and she was, you know, she was hot enough that some escort service hired her. You know, apparently a very upscale. I mean, the other places are charging thirty grand a night for some of the girls, so they hired her. So clearly they thought maybe it's a Manhattan thing that she was really hot. You know what she looks like to me? She what she looks like to me? It, she just looks like one of those skanky club girls. Do you know what I mean? You know what That's I'm talking exactly, about when I say like that? She looks like a dime a dozen. Like she looks like a girl. Who would wear like you know like a peach halter top and go out and like you know have her hair all straightened with like the perfect highlights and just look generic and like with nine of her girlfriends who look just like her mm-hmm. going to like shake it somewhere at some skis club and that one shot of her it's like she's doing I don't know if it's like a it's not a gang sign but she's throwing up like some weird hand sign to the be camera wary of somebody who's most of their pictures they're wearing sunglasses serious and big big, big sunglasses. sunglasses I don't trust so, people who wear sunglasses here's the thing so she wears sunglasses no I don't. 
So you have a Riley. MySpace picture. You have a MySpace picture where you're wearing around, sunglasses. And if you look at the caption, if you look at the caption, I, I, I make fun of myself for wearing sunglasses. Oh, it's ironic. Yes. You right. do not. I you're so full people. of yourself. You take all those pictures. You're like, ooh, look at me. Do I look? Okay. Bad you want to know why I took those pictures? Because I Quite finally got a, I finally got a phone with a camera in it, and that people are like, your pictures look old. So I'm just giving the people what they want. Is this no, like you have like, the telltale um, like bathroom pictures. I can see like the, the hand dryer <laughs> in the background. You're like, <laughs> here's me getting ready for work. Well, look at how tough I am. <laughs> this is me on a bad day with my Con Air in the background. This is um. Is this like that photograph you took of yourself where you were laying on your back with no shirt? <laughs> oh my God! No, no, I no, cars. I didn't take How that. Do I, know so much about I didn't him? take that. That was my ex. Why do you spend Teresa? so much time on Timmy Ryan? I don't know. I haven't face. been there in a oh, while. Oh yeah. I no. Seriously. Um, no. The, the the guitars and the banjo that was taken by my ex girlfriend Teresa. You know what would be sexy is if you're half nude with a banjo. <laughs> okay, let's let me play this though. This is <laughs> Ashley the banjo. That's my new band. This is Ashley Alexander oh, Dupree. Please, before you play it, can yeah. you just say that Timmy Ryan's MySpace quote is "Bad Boy of Portland Radio." No, not really though. No, you no, know, I that already is, didn't transfer. Well. No, let, that no. is your quote. <laughs> no, it says "Bad Boy of Portland Radio" or something. I don't think Do it says that. No, I swear to God, it does. I, well, Sarah, hold on, let's stop. Sarah, what does Timmy Ryan's MySpace quote say? It's, uh, you have it right in front of you. Tim Ryan. Well, he calls himself Tim for Tim. the ladies, too. Timothy Ryan. You can be taken a little more seriously. Right, yeah. um, bad boy of Portland Radio or something. Or now, something. Now, let me ask you this. When did You're you add... one friend. Am I, when did you add the or something? As soon as I put it on there. I think it used to say bad boy Portland Radio, period. No, I never said that. All right. Uh, so here is this. Uh, Al- this is Ashley Alexander Dupree, alias Kristen. This is the girl who's the hooker for Governor Spitzer. And again, I should say up front, there's nothing. I mean, the song isn't even bad in an interesting way. It's just boring. This is exactly. If you've seen the pictures of this girl, this is exactly the kind of song you would picture that girl recording. A girl who looks like that records songs that sound like this. It sounds like a prostitute singing. It really does. So there you go. So it's, I mean, it's just that. And that's, I, a, that's actually what? in mono, which is why it's a little muddled. She's going to get so much airplay from that, too. She, that actually might move on the pop charts. God, she maybe. might get a record deal. She no, I, I could actually see that. I could see her getting, no, 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 here's the thing. We were talking about this yesterday. I could see her maybe getting a reality show. I really could. American whore. Well, as she tries to transition from hooker to, you know. Going to law school or whatever they whatever she claims she wants to do. They always have some. From hooker to hooker with a reality show. To, from hooker to hooker to something. Hooker to looker. To hooker to Hooker to Harvard. <laughs> no, there's hooker no. Harvard. <gasps> there's Wait. already homeless to Harvard. There's already homeless to Harvard. Okay, but hooker to Harvard. Thor Birch is in that movie. Too. Homeless to Harvard? Yeah, and she stars the this girl. It's based on a true story. It was a Lifetime movie. Is this a recent film? Mm, like a couple years ago. She looked hot? No, you don't think she looks hot, period, though. Well, she's all dirty and homeless-looking. That's, that's hot. Into. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So, uh, so she'll get a lot of airplay. I, I, here's the thing, though. 
at this point, I think the it, whatever demographic that girl with that song would try to capture, I think that's all been. I think Tila Tequila has taken that entire niche, though. Yes. There's really nowhere for her to go right now. If Jam 95.5 was sticking around, that song would fit perfectly in the playlist. That's Timmy Ryan who said that. Uh, <laughs> Timmy right. Ryan. Let's. Oh, We're damn all it! A big damn radio it. community. Let me get this here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's up? Um, I was wondering if um, since you're doing, you know, that that, that the, the pre-show of Rick, are, are you going to put those? together for some weekend show or something? Uh, actually, two things. Oh, by the way, and speaking of which, uh, I never did the big announcement, did I? Well, I saw that's the main reason I called just to ask Richie about it. I said, have you made the big announcement, whatever it was? No. And... I said I was going to do it at 11. It's now 1220. Yeah. I have yet to do the big announcement. <laughs> um, so a couple, <clears throat> couple things. One, uh, this is a smaller announcement. Uh, we will uh, at... What? And the engineer called said that Timmy Ryan sounds like he's in a garbage can. He sounds a little hollow. I think you need to stay. Um... He sounds like he's in a garbage can. <laughs> can I go to a different microphone? <laughs> well, uh, two things. Let's do a couple things. I was noticing that, too, and I thought maybe it was a vocal thing. Two things. I think you need to move that way so that your back is not to the door. Because I think you're getting slapped back off the door. So there you go. That. How about now? And I think you need to stay on the mic, and Sarah needs to drop your level a little bit. So I think you need to be turned down, but stay closer to the mic. So I think you get off that mic, and I think you, you become sort of hollow sounding. So there you go. Try that. <laughs> My soul is hollow. Whatever. Uh, so anyway, so two, two announcements. Here's the smaller one. Uh, the, um, uh, the smaller one is we're going to be doing a Best of uh, Rick Emerson on Sunday afternoons. <gasps> I didn't know this. I just I've forgotten about it because it's not gonna I don't think it's gonna happen this week it's gonna be a couple weeks but uh, we're gonna start doing a best of Rick Emerson Sunday afternoons uh, eleven to three because right now we do a you know we rerun the tasting room which actually airs for the first time uh, on uh, <laughs> Richie's have the screen more work for me um, yes poor Richie <laughs> so uh, that's gonna be sa- Sunday afternoons eleven to three we'll be doing the best of the Rick Emerson show um, all right but now that you've prompted me here sir here all is right. the here is the the actual real announcement do you have a drum roll. Not you. All right, fine. That's good. Go ahead. Uh, beginning Monday, April 1st. No, this is not going to be a zany April Fool's thing, so don't ask that. Uh, beginning Monday, April 1st, the Rick Emerson Radio Program will be streaming live, actually live, truly, honestly, really live, online. Yeah. Uh, now, here's the other thing. And I'm, I'm glad you prompted me to do this. So beginning Monday, April 1st, Rick Emerson Show, streaming live. Now, we'll continue to archive it. We'll continue to podcast it. So if you want to catch it later, download it, whatever you can do that. Uh, we will be streaming live Monday, April 1st, 10 to 3, including the recap hour. And that is for the general public. If you are a glorious bastard, you will begin, you'll get the stream a week earlier. So there you go. So mo- We're a real radio station now. Yes, sort of. Uh, so, beginning Monday, April 1st, the Rick Emerson Show will be streaming live on the Internet, but it's a week earlier if you're a glorious bastard. So, uh, you will be getting an email about that sometime in the next week or so if you are a glorious bastard. don't. It's not going to come right away, so it'll arrive sometime in the next seven, eight days. So, if you're a glorious bastard, the stream will begin Monday the 25th. If you are just one of the... If you're not a glorious bastard, you've got to wait till April 1st, though. But we are streaming coming within just a couple weeks. Well, hold on here. You said it's April 1st it's starting for everyone? April 1st for everybody, but a week earlier if you're a glorious bastard. So that would be next Monday? No. No, because today's the 13th. 
Uh, Why does everybody have the date wrong? It's oh, April. you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, yes spring it is. break I is coming up. I, I, I don't count St. spring Patrick's break. Yeah, no, no. So, oh, no, no, no. So the tw- Monday, I think it's the 25th of March, Monday. Oh, yeah. The Glorious Bastards uh, will get will be able to listen via the stream starting Monday the 25th. Everybody else has to wait till April 1st. So the moral low is, if you're not a Glorious Bastard, you got to sign up like now at 970.am. So. Great. Thank Sounds you. good. Thank All you, Rick. Right, thank you. All right. Here's Timmy Ryan. Life sucks. That sounds a little bit better. I think you need. Yeah, the key is to stay on the mic, not back off and yeah. walk around aimlessly. How can I help you? Okay. <laughs> Life sucks. Four dollars a gallon of gas in Portland. Well, not Portland. In Oregon, that mark has been broken. Diesel fuel has climbed as high as four thirteen per gallon at the Lakeview Shell Station on US three ninety five. That's just north of the California border. That's going to come up here real soon, you know it. And so it's uh, so it's what it's so it's four dollars a, a gallon here it's, or somewhere else. No, it's at uh, the Lakeview Shell Station. That's on US three ninety five, just north of the California border. All right, four thirteen per gallon for diesel. All right, Ooh. it's a common. All right, well, what can you do? I'm a driving less. I mean, well, that's I mean, and I I know I've I've just incrementally uh, bicycled recently, but still, you know, I do have to tell you there's something uniquely satisfying. Uh, on those days that I have biked, about biking, A, by traffic, uh, people sitting at the light, and B, there's something really uh, fun about biking by a gas station where you see the guy changing the sign, like, 397 per gallon. So, all right, duly noted. All right. Hillary Clinton apologizes for the first time ever. She did something the other night that she almost never does. She apologized, and once she started, she wasn't able to stop. The New York senator, who is in a tight race with... Barack Obama for the Democratic presidential nomination struck several sorry notes at an evening forum sponsored by the National Newspaper Publishers Association, a group of more than 200 black community newspapers across the country. Her biggest apology came in response to a question about comments made by her husband, Billy Boy Clinton, after the South Carolina primary in which Obama won handily. Bill Clinton said Jesse Jackson, who also won South Carolina when he ran for president in 1984-1988, a comment many viewed as belittling, I can talk today, belittling Obama's success. Maybe some Benadryl would help you at this point. And the itching's getting me off. And you're kind of track. blinking uncontrollably, yes. too. Is your body kind of failing you right now? Seriously, is, is something happening? Is that rash spreading? <laughs> Don't you just want to scratch it? What? So in maybe, other words... Maybe other the words, rash will spread to your eyes. Then we can have all the stories. Don't rub it on Tim's chair, though. <sighs> oh, yeah, no, seriously. I we Okay, I just have to say this. We We have to agree right now either to never tell Tim Riley about this or to immediately tell him so that he can put on a hazmat suit and scour every square inch of the studio. Yeah, I'm covered in bacteria. His little wipes won't get no. Know, that's there's, back to no, you. there's no, there's no pure, there's no handy wipes that are strong enough for this. All right. Well, I'd completely forgotten that Ger- Geraldine Ferraro even existed. I was talking to Lisa about that. I, she had come. I, I mean, the idea that she was even that she was somehow some top fundraiser for the Hillary Clinton campaign. I mean, God love her if she's able to bring in money. That's fine. But I mean, you you do have to wonder at this point in 2008 exactly who it is that is swayed by the presence of Ger. I wasn't going to donate money, but now that I see they've got Geraldine Ferraro working for them, let me get out my checkbook. So, all right, takes all kinds, I guess. All right. Yes, and I will now elaborate more on the Geraldine Farrell story because that was about Bill Clinton. So this was wait. So what did Bill Clinton do? Oh, I fumbled it up. That's why you didn't know. So I, I heard that I heard okay. they apologized for the Farrell thing and Ferrara quit. What was the apology for Bill Clinton? Okay, Bill Clinton basically said uh, 
1988, Jesse Jackson also won the South Carolina primary there. So basically implying well, yeah, that, was that a, just because, you know, yeah. somebody, a black man wins the primary there doesn't mean he's going to win. I think that, uh, yeah, he said that after... After the primary was a few weeks ago, and he, he made that observation about, uh, about Jesse Jackson. Okay, before we move on to the next story, let me say this. Apparently, I'm a day off. Uh, March 24th is a Monday, and April 1st is a Tuesday. So, whatever it is, it'll be, the first, it'll be April 1st, but a week earlier uh, for the Glorious Bastards. So, whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out as we sort of plunge on. But it's, it's going to be one, uh, you know, one day for everybody else, one day for the Glorious Bastards. All right. All right. Here's All right. the uh, Geraldine Furrow F up. F, the F is for Ferraro. Geraldine Ferraro stepped down on Wednesday from an honorary post in Hillary Rodden Clinton's presidential campaign amid a controversy regarding her comments that Barack Obama wouldn't be successful in the race for the White House if he weren't black. That's just a stupid comment. Well, it's, it, I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm looking at the screen here because I'm wondering if somebody has clarification on the Bill Clinton thing. But um, now, you know, it's, it's, that's one of those, it's been a bad week, not only for what's her name, the New York hooker, it's been a bad week for the Hillary Clinton campaign. She's not going to win anyway. They're kind of stepping in the left and right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, there's like a 30% chance in most estimations that it'll go to the, uh, go to the, uh, the, the, can you do me a favor? Can you go over there instead of being here? I'm, that's not because you're scratching yourself, by the way. Are you talking? Okay. It's, I think the mic issue is going to be better because I think if you're Why don't we take a break many, and reset? Well, okay. Everyone stop talking. <laughs> I think it, when you are there, you're getting backslap but I, from the door. I think when you're here, you are too close to my microphone. And you do have a bit of a... You, loud you, voice, you, as Dave Zim says. You project. Okay. And I think you're bleeding into my mic. So that is probably going to work better for you. How and Sarah's, Sarah's suggestion is well, is well taken. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll reset after this. Don't go to... It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. If you're on hold, let's see. We have a question for Timmy Ryan. Someone just returned from Iraq. Somebody about streaming, somebody about Morgan Grace and cornea scraping. So stay there. If you're on hold, back after this. The Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Nice. Soul goes into the Portland afternoon. Uh, all right, let's do a little bit. Jesus, it's 110 on KCMD Portland. Let's do uh, some more news, Timmy Ryan. I want to do a taser watch. Here's a taser watch yeah. uh, for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Timmy Ryan with your taser watch. Dateline, Knoxville, Tennessee. Police have arrested a man. They say use his daughter as a human shield so that officers wouldn't shoot him with a stun gun. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Knoxville police suspect, uh, 37-year-old Jad, this is a weird name, Jad Mubarak. Sure. Jad. All right. Jad. Jad. Okay. Sure. I like that name. Okay. Jad. Sounds like the name of a TV show, Jad. Uh, of stealing four iPod software and an MPS recorder from a Target store earlier this week, as well as assaulting an employee who confronted him. Police spokesman Daryl DeBusk said officers found Mubarak 
at a motel on Thursday, but he grabbed his 13-year-old daughter <laughs> and backed into a room when they tried to arrest him. He barricaded himself inside with the girls and his 11-year-old son. For two hours, he refused pleas from the relatives and other people to surrender peacefully. Police eventually broke through the window, arresting Mubarak and turning the children over to the State of Department Children's Service. That's a special kind of man right there that he's deciding to shield himself with his 13-year-old daughter. That really is a... That's wonderful. Well done, sir. All right, there you go. There's your uh, taser watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Why you just scratch me? No. I'm blocking it up. No, I was itchy when we first started talking about it, but I, I made a mental effort to not, like, to block it out, and it sort of passed. Oh, see, now it started again, though, since you asked. Now I'm itchy behind the ears. All right. Thanks, Timmy Ryan. All right. You're very welcome, Rick. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for helping us Feel out. Feel free to you. scratch away. Uh-huh. Uh, looking at the screen here, and I just fear it's nothing but vegan calls. Uh, we're going to avoid calls for now. Hi, uh, Timmy Ryan. Here's more news from you. All right. I kill some man. Convinced his two nieces and other uh, uh, try that again. A Kelsey man convinced his two nieces and another woman to sign sex contracts in exchange for rented discount clothing and other goods. Wait, I'm sorry. Back up. A Kelso man exchanged who to exchange what for what? Okay, this is get confusing because he's such a sleaze bag. A Kelsey man convinced his two nieces and another woman to sign sex contracts in exchange for rented items and discounted clothing. So this is his nieces who are how old? Oh, they're like, yeah, you know, 10 and 12 and 13, something like right around there. So they signed contracts to have sex with him in exchange for consumer goods. Correct. How proud Kelso must be. Yeah, exactly. Detectives arrested 49-year-old William G. Smith on charges of incest, rape, and indecent liberties. Smith is accused of persuading the women to sign a contract allowing him to touch or have sex with them whenever he wanted to for the next 10 years. <laughs> you do have to wonder what process is going through his head that he somehow felt a contract would sort of make it okay. You know what I mean? Apparently there was a couple other women who were of age. And they were also lured in by this? Right, and there was like another woman who came forward to tell authorities about it that I guess was out of the contract that she had to speak her conscience. So, I, I like the idea that she was dumb enough as an adult to sign the contract in the first place, but then later on thought that it might be the sort of thing the authorities ought to hear about. Right, and the only thing they're getting is uh, goods Jesus. and services and uh, discounted clothing. Yeah. Not even money. You know what, that guy's... Uh, it was money, you know. Dis- and not even frequently. Not discounted. discounted. <laughs> discounted clothing. <laughs> Would you like something from a Gen X clothing? Jesus, oh, God Almighty. Gen X, it's fabulous. I was the first place I could come up with. What's a better yeah. joke there? Um, Discounted clothing. Rave. Would you, like, <laughs> <laughs> would you like a gift certificate to Zoomies? All right. Hot uh, topic. There you go. Here's uh, Timmy Ryan. All right. Anybody watch American Idol? No. Okay. The answer to that is always no. Okay. I had to bring on somebody last night from American Idol. Oh, wait. Are we uh, are we moving into the section where we have sound bites? Because I prepared sound. No, I don't think so. On the American Idol, I don't okay. have that. All right. Excellent. That's just as well. Maybe later. Okay. Oregon's Christy Lee Cook has survived another week on American Idol. Though she is one of the three lowest vote-getters, the 24-year-old Selma resident remains one of 11 aspiring singers vying for the Idol title and a record deal. Dismissed, however, last night was David Hernandez, the stripper from Glendale, Arizona. Oh, right, right. Yeah, there was a little bit of scandal about him, right, because he was was a stripper, and then there was some discussion about uh, whether he... Because I don't believe... 
that they have yet had an openly gay contestant. I might be wrong about that. And there was some discussion, I believe, about whether whether he well, I don't know that Clay matters, Aiken? but whether well, Clay Aiken insists that he is all man. Timmy Ryan. Oh. Uh, and so, uh, but there was some discussion about whether this guy was, and if that was the case, uh, would he sort of come out and be a front about it? And I guess it's a non-issue because he's been booted off. But um, I didn't know there was somebody from Oregon on there. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't, there, didn't, wasn't there somebody in town? You were saying you had to, there was some, a country act that was just in town. Right. Um, for a, another fine radio session. Another radio CBS station. CBS Multiplex. Yes. Last night I was at uh, Bushwhackers. Uh, down there in Tualatin, yeah, Bushwhackers. Like it's a country. Club, it's, a, it's, right? a, it's, yeah. a, it's a country bar. Yeah, it's a cool place. Because uh, uh, Carrie Underwood got her. They, they, that's her too. She was on American Idol. Right, Idol. right. Yeah, I had to bring on uh, Phil Stacy. Phil Stacy. Who is on? Uh, Phil Stacy is American one of those Idol. names where, if that is his real name, you wonder why he didn't change it, and if it's a stage name, you wonder why he picked it. It's like Brad Paisley is the same way. Well, Phil Stacy. But so he was on it, but he got kicked off. Yeah, you know. And, yeah, you no longer. The thing about American Idol is, see, now we hear we are talking about it. You no longer have to win American Idol uh, to really make a career out of it. Because uh, I don't think Kelly Clarkson won, did she? Didn't she, she lose did. to Ruben Stoddard? She did. So she and Ruben Stoddard's like nowhere, and Kelly Clarkson. I mean, no, 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 no. Kelly Clarkson won the first she one. Won, uh, on. Did Clay she win? Aiken yeah. lost to Ruben. Stoddard. It's Clay Aiken who lost, and I mean, whatever anybody says about that guy, he's in spam a lot now, and he, uh, you know, he's you know, sold more records certainly than Ruben Stoddard, who had a pretty decent voice. Uh, so. I mean, you know, it's not like American Idol is a complete you know, wash in terms of talent. There's the occasional good singer on there. But I think it's it really is at this point about who you get to manage and market you. It's not even really about winning that contest at this point. It really is a, a little bit of a crapshoot as to whether that's going to help your uh, your career or not. All right, here's uh, Timmy Ryan. Stuart Michael Jackson watch. Here's your Jackson watch uh, for Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. has refinanced Neverland Ranch in time to save his famed California spread from a public auction that was scheduled for later this month. I always thought they could turn it into like a children's amusement park. Well, I I mean, it's a huge thing, and it's already set up as... Isn't there like a carnival or an amusement park or something right. already set up there? But you know, he'd show up as like a mascot. <laughs> he'd be, he'd he'd be in, up as like a goat. Yeah, I was going to say, he'd be, he'd be in the haunted house. Uh... uh so, uh, that does uh, so forestall... Raise, what, like $28 million? 20-something like that, but it does... It sort of raises the issue of who it is that lends money to Michael Jackson at this point. Because it's not really like he's some paragon of financial discretion at this juncture. Right. So, I uh, And it does forestall, unfortunately for us, it puts off this public auction he was going to be doing, which we were all excited about, because obviously they were going to be selling the stuff that we could never afford. But there was, we were hoping that they were going to sell at some point, like some really dirt cheap items that I would totally have bought. Like if they said, look, here's a, here's a coffee cup from Neverland Ranch, I absolutely would have bought that. His personal lube collection. There's your Jackson watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Before we do anything, uh, let me just uh, let me, let me just welcome Richie Bristol to the studio here. I need Richie to scratch me some more. Did he scratch yeah, you in the way? Yeah, on the way. He scratched my back a little bit. It feels pretty good. 
back. Richie, going to scratch me some more? Don't say that. Oh, now Richie's itching himself. Great. Now I'm talking like a hick and saying itching himself. Hi, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Uh, is this the right microphone here? Today's show is really flawless. There's been a lot of mic problems recently. No. Yeah. Hey, Richie, go, go to the other mic. Oh, the other mic? Yeah. Right. All right. I... Be sure to whack it into something as yeah. you're oh, listening. We have, we have to plug it in first. Hold on. All right. Well, that might mean it's bad. Hello, testing. All right, so now, not a, now do we have neither mic. of the mics are working now? Do you just want to, like, use my mic, Richie? Because you can. Well, we can share it. I want to be Get really mic. close to Timmy Ryan. Okay, so, Hi, so Richie. Timmy, hold on a second. And Richie, Timmy and Richie. Jesus, like I'm teaching in preschool. Um, how Are the, any of these calls calling up to argue about veganism? There's, like, this guy that says Timmy and this guy that says he's an avid hunter. I don't, I don't know what the Timmy's about. It could be about his itchy. All right, so let's do me a favor, and I don't Did mean... Did you screen them, though? I don't, yeah. Aren't you the call screener? Don't you remember? <laughs> you silly boy. That's what you're supposed to be so doing. I, 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 and I don't mean any, any disrespect to whoever this guy is. It's the avid hunter, but we're probably going to move on from that, because otherwise the whole show is going to degenerate. I think we can talk about abortion and gay marriage. Yeah, seriously, that's exactly... It's going to become some parody of talk radio where you have... Let's talk about gun control. So it, we're probably not going to take any people who want to fight right about anyway, so veganism. Oh, Timmy, seriously, stop. Seriously, stop. Uh, eh. This guy online, whatever three about the toilet and Timmy, I guess yeah. we'll find out what that is. Uh, and then we have related. Mr. Skin at one thirty, and we have Dorothy at two. Yes. Okay. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much. All right. I appreciate it. We have Dorothy at two, but of course we have Roop at two ten. So, so we're once again a little bit screwed schedule wise. But what can you do? All right. Uh, here is uh, Timmy Ryan. Let me get my thing up on the screen. Here we go. Thirty thousand year, thirty thousand people a year awake during surgery. That's scary. A new study finds that over 30,000 people a year wake up during surgery but are unable to move or tell the doctors that they are indeed awake. Now, how oh. would they even figure that out? Well, they must because they must tell them afterward. Right. Anesthesia awareness occurs in every one or two of every 1,000 surgical patients, possibly more in children, and is thought to happen roughly 30,000 or more times a year to Americans. So, okay, so this is where you can't move. Or speak, but you're awake, and is it you can feel pain, or you're just awake? Well, you know, you're awake, and you're conscious, you're just not able to move. But, I mean, but can you feel it, though, or are you just awake? Oh, no, no, you can feel it. And I have this quote. He is unidentified, but someone who has recently had this happen to them said, and I quote, While you're laying there on the table, you are thinking, praying, cursing, plotting, pleading, trying to crawl off the gurney, trying to kick, scream, move any part of your body to let them know you're awake. In effect, you are entombed in a corpse. End quote. <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the one surgery that I've had, I woke up in the middle of it. Oh, what kind of surgery? Well, I mean, it was, it was just to get my wisdom teeth removed. Yeah. But, I mean, they knock you out, and, you know, they're cutting into your face, basically. Right, yeah. And I woke up in the middle of it crying, and I remember just feeling the scraping. Oh, that and is... Because well, they, they hadn't given uh, yeah, me enough drugs. I think Storm, when she was on the show last time, I think Storm talked about, uh, and this is, I'm not revealing anything, I should think she talked about this uh, on the program with this. Storm had cosmetic surgery done. As she put it, I think she had her bra size increased. I think that's how she phrases it. <laughs> yeah. um, and she said that she woke up, I think, halfway through that, or was sort of knocked out and sort of came to. And she said, she, as I, I, think for, I think Storm's phrase was that she woke up and she said, Is that burning Storm? So, uh, because they're do because there's something where they're cauterizing or they're, they're doing something where they're, there's like fire involved. And so, I don't know how they do that with, with your boobs, but I guess there's something where they're, they have to burn something at some point. So, uh, that's all kinds of freaky. And oh. it makes you wonder, like, what kind of surgery that most frequently happens during. Oh, you can't think about that too long. No, but I mean, is that like just, uh, 
you know, like, I don't know if you're just, like, getting liposuction or something, or is it, like, when they're, when they're like, removing one of your lungs uh, and you wake up halfway through? I mean, I can't even... It seems like... I don't even want to talk about this too much because it's too freaky, no, but I, know, I mean... But... It, it seems like that's one of those things where you would... Maybe it wouldn't hurt because it seems like that would just be like so horrific that it might actually you just might just go into shock or something. That could be a new side like you know sadomasochism, just knocking somebody else so they can't say anything and causing them all kinds of. Pain. Well, that's what they always say about guys who get the get the whatever the 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 uh, the lethal injection thing uh, that they have no way of knowing whether lethal injection is painless and this sort of this is sort of the same thing. So that. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking, yeah. I'm going to avoid surgery of all kinds. Sure, electrocution isn't 30, much better. 30,000 people a year? 30,000 people a year wake up during surgery and are unable to uh, tell them that they're awake. Jesus. All right, let's not think about that. Uh, let's see, let's do these mm. calls, then we'll uh, move on. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody, how you guys doing? What's up? Hey. This is Jesse from Red Hot Pistol, by the way. Of course it is. <laughs> hey, so I was uh, uh, listening to the recap of yesterday. Um, and I was listening yesterday as well, but I it, it thought never kind of came into my head yesterday when I was listening about the lady who grew into the toilet. Yeah, yes. Well, you know, they said that her boyfriend was bringing her food and water. If she grew around the toilet, she had to be he had to be bringing her enough food for her to continue to grow to get fatter. You know what I mean? Right. Well, how much was she eating in the bathroom? Well, you yeah. got to figure if you're sitting on the toilet, you're expending. Only, I, th I think they say it takes 1,200 calories a day to live. Like, it's literally, if you were just to lay on the ground and not move all day, just to be alive takes 1,200 calories a day, like, to, you know, or else you're going to start dropping weight really quickly. So, almost anything, especially in America, let's be honest, uh, not to re reopen the whole vegan discussion, but really in America, I mean, it, you, your tap water has 500 calories in it in this country. So, it doesn't seem like... It would take that much to become fat if you're doing nothing but staying conscious and sitting on a toilet. Yeah, my next thought on that whole thing was, and this is the truly disgusting thought, was uh, so she had her sweatpants around her ankles. She was stuck to the toilet, couldn't get up. She was going the bathroom, but how would she wipe? <laughs> she, she couldn't, right? Well, it seems like couldn't probably intersects with wouldn't. Or well, didn't or care I mean, to. If they, if they had to like pry the, the seat off and then surgically remove it, there's nowhere to put the hand. So when they didn't have <laughs> no, to take her off the toilet, there would be sort of an airtight seal. Well, she could probably flush. She could flush, but I'm just saying. Oh, you're saying part. okay. Let me let me back up here, just so I can make sure that we're saying this properly for the air. You are noting if she sat on the toilet for two years, pants around her ankles, uh, she would uh, evacuate uh, uh -huh. and then flush. Right. But then not uh, clean herself afterward. Right. You are saying that saying when they take her off the off toilet, no, when, when they take her off the toilet, she uh, she then had the accumulated leavings of two years worth of bathroom use. A stalagmite. Let's just think about that. Something I mean, like God, that. Yes. That is terrible. No, that is awful. Also, when you think about this, you think about that. She, I guess, lived with this guy for some time. This woman who sat on the toilet for two years. Um, which sounds like some horrible Shel Silverstein poem, like in hell. Uh, it, but so she would, she lived with him. She would get up, eat, go to the bathroom, come back out, go about her business. One day she was sitting because the pants around her ankles are the giveaway. That one day she was sitting on the toilet using the bathroom and just thought, I'm, I'm just not going to get back up. And she just, at, that's the fascinating thing to me is like what, at what point did the switch flip, and she decided just to stay on the toilet for the duration. Yeah, you can't be drunk for two years. I mean, I've done that before. Fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you woken up on the toilet not remembering how you got there? 
Oh, yeah, I've done that. The worst, though, is waking up in your driveway with the car running. <laughs> That's creepy. Oh, you get out looking for blood. You're like, oh, what did I do? Checking the grill oh, for cheerleaders. God. <laughs> get out looking for blood. That's the best call. Thank you, sir. All right, have a good one, guys. Wonderful. Getting out of the car and looking for blood. Who's this in my windshield? Uh, here's what we've got, Sarah. Someone who just got tased. Someone who woke up during surgery. Or someone whose mom woke up during surgery. Let's get the let's get the first hand account. Let's go for the woke up during surgery. All right. Uh, hello, sir. You're on the Rick Emerson program. Hello. Hey guys, how's Hi. it going? What's up? I uh, I woke up twice uh, when I was five years old getting a tonsillectomy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was it was really weird because like it it was in Canada, so it's like socialized medicine. It's not down here, and I don't know if it's any different. But they gave me like some pills at first, you know. Right. And I woke up in the elevator on the way up, and they kind of like went, oh, okay, well, we have to give you some more. So they gave me some more pills, and it didn't quite take because the next thing, the next time I woke up, I like had a whole bunch of crap down my throat, and like oh. a doctor saying, you've got to knock this kid out. Because oh. I mean, my, my eyes just like shot open. I can remember, you know, five-year-old memories are kind of distant for me, you know, yeah. but I, I remember that as clear as day. It was like really scary. Now, did it, now, could you feel pain? Um, you know what? I don't know if I could or not at that point. You I could just feel remember all the tubes in your mouth. But you could feel yeah, the just, presence of something in your in your mouth. Just like yeah, just all sorts of stuff. You know, I mean, oh. just just like tubes and like little metal instruments and stuff. Who knows what they had going at the time? You know what I mean? But I had to get a uh, uh, what's that? There's a there's a colonoscopy, but there's the other the probe <laughs> that they put down your throat. Yeah, I had to have one of those like years later, and they had it. They had to give me all sorts of demerol beforehand. I said no, I want to be awake for it. I guess, but you know, I want you to make sure that I don't feel anything. You See, know? it was like an esophageal camera or something yeah, like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh Jesus, uh, that would be enough. Wouldn't that be enough to keep you from ever going to the hospital again? Yeah, I'm pretty mean, much. I'm pretty much done with it. I mean, yeah. If you woke up once, I remember. Look, I, I, I remember, and this, of course, I get to go to the dentist in like a week. Um, but I remember once when I was a kid. I've told the story that my my baby teeth. I took terrible care of them. I had fillings in my baby teeth, and um, but I remember getting a filling one time when I was about seven, and this only happened to me once. Uh, but it was it was where they weren't drilling, but they were doing something. They were like jabbing into one of my cavities with a pokey thing yeah. and they and it was very clear that they had not given me enough uh anesthetic or it just hadn't taken effect yet and the guy was like okay so and he's talking to the nurse he's not talking to me because i'm like six and he's going okay so uh right here on this f5 uh that's where we're gonna have to right here where it's all rotted away jab with the big hook and i screamed and i just Rah! and he kind of went Oh, we're going to need uh, a little bit more in this tooth. And it really, do you think? So that, I mean, that, that'll stay with you. That's, that may be part of the reason why I brush my teeth so compulsively, because I remember that experience. Jesus. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Thanks, sir. Guys. Bye. Have a... Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Now we've got, Sarah, we'll pick one more here. No, we've got you the... pick this time. I feel like I'm. Well, here we've got, we've got the tasing, toilet lady talk. Or guy whose mom woke up in surgery. Tasing Timmy Ryan. Timmy Ryan. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for a good tasing story. All right. Uh, I think this might be the guy uh, Hans who, who took us on the tram. Hans. Hello, sir. It's Hans. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Hey, hey two things. First thing on the surgery topic, I had uh, LASIK a few years back, and they did my first eye with no problem. And then while they were doing my first eye, the second eye woke up again, uh. and and then they cut my. Why did you get tased 45? Why did you get tased 45 minutes ago? 
without helping with my current employer uh-huh. and uh and uh and so we had lunch and we were kind of in that post lunch uh kind of slump and I went, Well since we're here and uh said, All right, fine. So they uh laid me down and taped the probes on me and uh Wait, got- wait I'm so confused. You're doing this because you were sort of bored at lunch? It's one of the things that all the officers in our department have done, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not employed in a in an officer position, but uh, it was one of those things. I was like, all right, you know, I'll do it. Just so, just, uh, just for grins, okay? So, but I have it. But I have it on video with very good. Oh, fantastic! You have so this was just how long ago? Forty-five minutes ago, and the guys are still out there doing training stuff, so I might be able to get a hold of it tomorrow. So this is the thing. This isn't like where it's like a, a stun gun. This is where they actually put the probes on you. Yeah, what they, well, yeah, and what they did, you know, if, if I, what we do is we fire the probes out first. Right. On a regular cartridge, fire them into like a box, and then we take them off the box, and you tape them to you tape them to your person. Um, and they lay down, and, uh, and and there you go. So now, what? Oh. How how bad did it hurt? You know, it didn't hurt as bad as I thought, but what was interesting, it's a five-second blast, and about, you know, you can hear me kind of yelling for the first two and a half <laughs> Then for the last two and a half seconds, all my all the air is out of my lungs, but I can't bring any air back in because I'm just totally stuck. Right. Uh, which was kind of interesting. But anyway, I've got it all on video. Uh, it's got really good high-quality audio on it. So I'll <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. You have, to, you have to give that to us. Not a problem. Excellent. Thank you, sir. No problem. There you go. That's Han. Speaking of which, a guy, uh, i got to get this on the website, a guy about a day or so ago uh, dropped off a DVD of his LASIK procedure. Um, he, oh, they, that's something I don't want to see. Uh, Bridget from upstairs had it done, and they wouldn't let her tape it because I asked. I'm like, can we film it? And the guy like wouldn't, wouldn't let us. But apparently this other guy went to some doctor who didn't care, some Dr. Nick guy. And, uh, you know, and film away, everybody. And so there's a, a camera that taped the whole thing. He dropped it off on a DVD. So we'll put these all up in one section. We'll get the the robo cutting on the eye and the uh, and what's his name Hans being tasered. We'll get that all up at once. Oh Jesus, it's one thirty. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. More from Timmy Ryan with the Ministry of Truth. Uh, top five coming up later on. Jim Roop, Dorothy Carcassari, uh, all that stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. I gave her that ring, hoping she'd be true to me. But I soon find it was drunk sincerity. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. Did you put on lip gloss? Oh, I forgot my chapstick, so I have this, like, wet and wild lip gloss stuff. Can I have some? You want some? It tastes like cinnamon. Really? Are you letting Tim... Are you letting Timmy Ryan put and out and borrow your... And you and you can use it. Wow, I was Ew. just going to say, first well, we of all, the idea... I wasn't thinking, because I let people borrow my chapstick. I'm like, yeah, but... You guys sharing lip gloss We could just... share each other saliva for all time, sir. We're going to take a little time out from Timmy Ryan here to welcome Mr. Skin to the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, how are you, sir? Hey, Rick, how's it going? Uh, good. Thank you for the, sorry for the scheduling mix-up yesterday. Oh, no. We're going to continue to blame Scotty J for that, even though he doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> uh, what's up in the world of Skin, my friend? By the way, can I just say this? And I know I mentioned I made the same observation last week, but that Cashback movie that you mentioned, which I think was that was so good, we made it into a promo for the show that runs. I've had so many dudes like, thank you for having him reference that film. That's the best yep. thing I've ever seen in my life. So what's up in, the, in your world, sir? 
Well, there's a movie called Funny Games that opens in theaters this weekend. And ten years ago, I went to a film festival in Chicago and saw an Austrian version of Funny Games by the same director. And it was one of the most disturbing movies I ever saw. It's about a, a husband and their wife and their son who go to their summer home, and two preppy guys knock on the door, and they let them in, and they basically terrorize the family for the whole weekend. I mean, really crazy stuff. That and, does sound sexy. Yeah, so they're remaking it, and Naomi Watts stars as the uh, mom this time. And there was no nudity in the original, nor is there nudity in this one, but Naomi Watts is doing a lot of interviews, and, and you're hearing about her because of this movie. And people are going to wonder, has she ever been naked? And go to MrSkin.com and realize that, uh, we recommend Mulholland Drive as her best movie for skin. That was the David Lynch movie from 2000. That's one of the best films ever made in terms of uh, in terms of that. Really, it had, isn't that the one with that big long lesbian scene too? You got it. It was it's a top yeah. ten of all oh, yeah. time. Top ten of all time. Not not many people knew what was going on during the movie, but everyone uh, made sure they checked the at the two hour and one minute mark when that scene happened. So, uh, Funny Games is in theaters. Uh, and Naomi Watts is the star. Check her out in Mulholland Drive, very naked. Uh, there's another movie called Hitman, which hits stores this week on DVD, new release section. And the girl that's naked in it is named Olga Korlienko. And most people don't know who she is right now, but later this year, everyone's going to know Olga Korlienko because she's the hot Bond babe in the Daniel Craig movie Quantum of Solace, which will be out uh, later this year. But in this hitman, she's a, she's a Russian girl, and let's just say we get plenty of views of her Russian front uh, and back. So uh, though she's not famous now, be, uh, check this out, hitman. She's the Bond babe, uh, which we'll see later in the year. And finally, I wanted to mention on DVD, Things We Lost in the Fire is a Halle Berry movie. And it's funny, when our skin scouts went to the movie in theaters, they, they reported back that Halle Berry has a very sexy bikini scene when she gets out of the pool and walking around the pool. But what they didn't report on is when we finally got the DVD here at the skin offices, that if you pause it at the 29-minute, 18-second mark, uh, as she's getting out of the pool and then adjusts in the back, you actually see some butt that uh, we didn't uh, know about. So we, we found that. If you want to check it out, it's at MrSkin.com. But it's uh, great Halle Berry bikini stuff. You guys are sort of the, the Indiana press. Jones of nudity, really. I mean, you're... Well, it's, it's our job to go through movies frame by frame and look for this stuff. If we don't, who will? So uh, <laughs> that's the way it goes. But uh, we're very proud. Always a big moment when we catch a, a nip slip or an upskirt or something at the skin lab. So. Speaking of which... Uh, our news director is gone for the day, and our, our uh, replacement uh, news director, fill-in news director, is a guy named Timmy Ryan who's here, and he was noting that, how did, how did you put it, what got you through puberty, Timmy Ryan? There's a little small frame in Pretty Woman which shows the Yes, uh, one hour and nipple. 35 minutes in. <laughs> right, the nipple of Julia Roberts, and I, I, it's just that one single frame. Now, is it frame. Julia Roberts, yeah. sir? Yes, one That's hour her. and 35 minutes in, we're all over that, and I agree 100%. I'm, I'm very proud of you for noting that, because... We found that, and a lot of people that saw it just completely missed it. It was so quick. Not my eyes. So okay. not, I, have, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but it's, it's actually not a body double. It's actually her. No, it's her. It's, there was body double used for some of the body shots, postering, and even some of the, the other things. But this actual shot he's talking about, which happens... Uh, like I said, an hour and 35 minutes in is her 100%. Fantastic. No body nipple. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friend, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll All talk right, to you next week. Everyone. Thank Bye. you. There you go. That's why that guy is great, because you said pretty woman. That guy, uh, he may be sitting in front of a computer or whatever, but you can tell that was from memory.
One thirty minutes, you know, one mm. hour and thirty-five minutes in. No, I mean, he wouldn't have had time. No, he is a rain man. I mean, he really is. He's the rain man of nudity. All right, uh, let's see here. What does Mr. Skin? Have you ever seen what Mr. Skin looks like? I only see his logo, which That's is sort all of I've the, the weird fifties, like the kitschy fifties guy. Uh, let's see here. I got two great emails to read uh, that don't need responding to. Uh, I'm just going to read them. Really? really funny. Uh, they're both about you and being a vegan and/or scabies. Rick, so because animals don't feel pain, then logically, if Timmy does have the scabies, he won't be able to kill them to be consistent with his viewpoint. Maybe if he puts them on a newspaper, he can let them go free outside. <laughs> uh, Run and free. Hold on, Sarah's chapstick. And finally, this. Uh, this is from uh, Chris, and Chris says, Vegetarianism, a worldview. Rick, my opinion towards food is a little bit more utilitarian. If any being finds something delicious and is able to subdue it and cram it down its gullet, then I am for it. As an American, I'm able to afford assassins and errand boys who can bring me the flesh of my sumptuous enemies, animal and vegetable alike, to consume and to gain their strength and courage. I will also not fault anybody for eating anything, including starving people eating dirt cookies. Hey, I'd give them steak if I could. Or vegan radio personalities who drink snake whiskey. Also, from what I understand, being a vegan will get you laid because it shows gullible women that you have, quote, convictions, end quote. True? I have gotten some action just because I'm a vegan, yes. There you go. Ladies actually, actually, a lot of action. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, in for Tim Riley, this is Timmy Ryan. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. All right, uh, we, we have breaking news. Hey, wait, is this interesting news? It could be, actually. All this right. is very important news. All right, hold All right. on. I don't know where my breaking news sounder went. Oh, I've replaced it with meatloaf sounders for some reason. Meatloaf sounders? Well, we have meatloaf news coming up. <gasps> Here's Timmy Ryan with breaking news. All right. The northern and central Oregon Cascades are under a heavy snow warning. That coming from the National Weather Service. That's going to be going through tomorrow. So Glad that, I didn't get the sounder. Well, so if you're driving <laughs> through the Cascades, uh, turn around. Otherwise, you're going to end up like James Kim. Okay. That, that was breaking news. Did you just news. say that? You will end up like James Kim. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Something else. Hello. Hi. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Hey, my name is Andrew. Uh, I was just actually going to call in regards to St. Patty's Day. Yes, sir. And here you are. Yeah. It's okay. amazing how that happened. Yes. What? What? <laughs> how, what about it, sir? Hey, have you ever guys, you guys heard about the new Guinness prop, uh, proposition? The petition that turned on St. Patty's I'm sorry, Day. What's, hold on. Let's let's. I'm sorry, I missed part of it. Have I heard about the what? The St. Patty's Day, uh, you know, holiday petition. No. You never heard about that? Guinness has started up this petition to turn St. Patty's Day. You heard about this on is on the uh, the tasting room of Tom Likas? No, I think it was uh, I was called like on tap with somebody. I'm not exactly sure, but they discussed uh, how Dennis was bringing out this petition to start to keep make a. I saw a thing about this on Dig the other day. Actually, I think they were talking about they were I heard asking about it on 9:70 a.m. They were. They, I heard about this on AM 9:70, the home of all fine programming. Um, well, whatever. I saw something the other day with some discussion on Dig about why there weren't. Uh, why there weren't cards for St. Patrick's Day, and this might have been this might and uh, might have been tied into that. This is what no, the no, no, no. They're, they're actually starting a petition to yes. turn it into a like a full-on holiday. Yes, I understand. Did you see that thing where the uh, the Pope is asking people uh, not? Is it this year that St. Patrick's Day is on Sunday? Monday, it's on Monday. Monday. Yeah. So, but is that only? Here's a dumb question. Is that only in America? 
Uh, I wouldn't think I don't, so. I don't know how the globe works. Yeah, I mean, it came from Ireland, I'm pretty sure. Well, whatever. Anyway, the, the, but the Pope is trying to put out some encyclical so that people won't, when it falls on Sundays, people won't celebrate it. Because he doesn't want you to, to consume alcohol on the Lord's Day. All right. Well, we'll look into it, sir. All right. All right. Thanks. That guy was really disproportionately excited about mm-hmm. that. So there's some other guy that has a story about his vasectomy, but that's going to wait. Here's As a good Irish Catholic, I'm going to be really drunk on St. Patrick's Were you, Day. Are you another falling Catholic? I always forget. I go like once every two years. But, I mean, you were raised. You didn't go to Catholic school, oh, yes, did you? I did. Oh, yes, I did. Catholic school? Yes. Where at? In Sweet Home? Uh, no, in, in, in uh, southern New Jersey. I didn't know you were from New Jersey. Well, I... You Let me the, ask you this. You want the short story of my life? Born in Long Beach, California, moved to Jersey, moved to uh, Sweet Home back in 1994. There's so little we know about you, Timmy Ryan. By the way, are you not wearing shoes? No. Oh! <laughs> You're spreading your scabies all around the studio? Well, I, I have socks, this. and I have clean, mostly clean socks. Everybody does that. So you just already said that you used your girlfriend's soap, and you're saying that you had clean socks? Those are girlfriend. not clean socks. I never, I never said she's my girlfriend. Hold on. All right, your friend with benefits. Let's back up. A, you look jaundiced and sickly. B, you got a lot of grease in your hair. Oh, grease is pomade. It's pomade? Really? Mm-hmm. Are you putting it on before you go out with a dame in your jalopy? You're going to go... Don't encourage Drink it Elaine's? All right. C, you've got some sort of uncontrollable itching over large areas of your body. Actually itching so intense... my buttocks. Several tents now... Several it's so intense that several times now I have seen you reaching into the pockets of your jeans, and as Sarah put it, going to town through your pants. And now you're not wearing socks, and this fiction that they're not clean. This uh, you're not wearing shoes, and this fiction that the socks are somehow clean doesn't hold water because as Sarah pointed out, you had to use your whatever quasi girlfriend soap, meaning you didn't go home. So the idea that you carried spare socks around with you is patently ridiculous. So those are dirty socks. No. When I stayed over at her house last night, I brought over a, a change of everything. You brought over entirely uh, an entirely new outfit. Yes. If I was that's to that's a my total shirt. lie. That's a lie. If I was to call her and ask her, would she would she would she agree? Okay. So these are dirty socks. Put your shoes on. Where are your shoes? Underneath me. Oh, God. So not only are you walking around without shoes on, the shoes themselves are fermenting underneath the counter. You know, the scabies are probably jumping out of those shoes by the millions onto the floor or whatever it is they do. No, it's crawling. It's from a perfume soap, which I'm never going to use again. This has happened before. All right. Why did you use the perfume soap? (laughs) I mean, if you knew this, if you knew it was going to make you itch. There was a... I won't. I can't go into detail why I took a shower last night and used the soap. Does it have something to do with her earning, uh, earning her keep, uh, earning her meat, earning? Does it have to do something to do with you, you know, giving her what for? Yes. All right. See how I was. Why do you have to like allude to the fact that you have sexual relations? Well, that's why I was dirty. And and you see how I was able to say that on the air without having to be like horrible about it. I can't say, Rick. I can't say wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) I'm an adult who might have sex. I can't go into detail, Rick. You had sex? Yes. Well, there you go. So okay, fine. Uh, She she encouraged after um some sweating (laughs) that I go wash it off. Ew. It's always a good sign when a girl demands that you go wash off afterward. I need you to go clean up right now. Yeah, there's more to the story, but we really cannot mention that on the air. <sighs> What's the more to the story? <laughs> no, because you're going to dump it. I can't tell you. Well, then say it in a way that doesn't need dumping. Yeah, you can, come on. You're a radio professional. Seriously. 
Do it. Sounds like complicated. This is this is part of the gig. You have to be able to describe things uh, in a way that doesn't necessitate dumping. <laughs> um, she just okay. You know, certain um, <clears throat> fluids are uh, exchanged during a. Am I in health class? Are you really talking to me this way? Intercourse. When a man and woman love each other very much, Rick, they hug in a special and, way uh, until they're tingly. It was just, she just suggested <laughs> it would be a good idea that I uh, I wash them off. Is she, is it that time of the month? <laughs> is she riding the cotton pony? <laughs> She's actually calling me right now. Let me answer the phone. Let me answer the phone. Okay. Let me answer the phone. What's her name? Hey, Shelly. Hi, Shelly. Shelly? You're, you're going to kill me. Why? <laughs> Why are you going to kill me? <laughs> I'm Tiburon! Uh-oh. I'm not wearing the same socks as yesterday. Oh, she hasn't even heard this part. I don't remember losing my socks. Shelly? She thinks it's me. Why are you going to kill me, Shelly? Totally thinks it's me. Oh, my God. Uh, why? What's so wrong, baby? Didn't I give you sweet loving? She just hung up. She totally just hung up. She completely thought it was you. She had no idea that was not. And I feel bad messing with her, too, because she's cool. Is she? But she's dating Timmy. And it, I'm so torn. And how attached to you could she be when she was unable to tell that it wasn't you she was talking to? <laughs> so so here's, let's get back to our line of no, questioning. No, no, Here's the conversation. I've just spat at myself. I was so excited. Here's here's the the uh, the conversation that just happened. So you handed me the phone. I uh, answer the phone, and she says, "I'm going to kill you." And of course, I was you know talking. Was she laughing? Oh, no, she's no, she sounded unhappy. Oh, really? And I thought I said, we were all having laugh-tastic time. Well, we are. I don't know. Maybe maybe I can't tell if she. I mean, she wasn't laughing. I can't tell if she was legitimately pissed, but she was not, she was not laughing. And I was, you know, why are you going to kill me? And she said, did you tell everybody that you're wearing dirty socks, the same ones that you wore yesterday? <laughs> so uh, so my suspicions are correct. Those are dirty socks. No, these are clean. Dude, I, I, she I, I just here, socks dude, the, girl, the girl whose bed you were in just called and told me, thinking I was you, that those are dirty socks. Because you lost your socks? How would, she, you how would she know? And then she just kept saying repeatedly, I'm going to kill you. And then she used the F word a whole bunch of times. Really? And then, she, and then, and then I was, baby, why? Thinking I'm trying to sound like you. Um, That's not how I sound. <laughs> and while she was fooled, uh, and then at the end she just said, "I'm gonna F and kill you," and she slammed the phone down, or whatever. She hung up with extreme prejudice. How many girls is this now that <laughs> the right person has ruined my chances with? I would say three, four. Maybe. Why do you think I'm single, dude? <laughs> yeah. So uh, have well, that phone back. You won't be needing it. I touched that phone with my scabies-ridden mouth. Oh, great. That's wonderful. Thanks. <clears throat> scrape myself off. So we never did get to the um, we never did get the final answer though. Which is what? Which is what? Oh, is it so? Is it because it's nature's special time? Is that why you had to wash up? Don't no, just don't spend your time being coy. Just tell us. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Uh, for the love of God, you know what you do. Here's the thing. You sound like. Here's why you need to stop answering questions like that or not answering questions. Because you know who else used to do that? Huh. Scotty. Scotty. Oh Scotty effing J. Scotty. Yes. Then because, answer the question. Because Be a grown up. Because Scotty used to do that when we would ask him something he was uncomfortable about. He would giggle and sort of look at the floor a lot. 
No, I well, mean, Rick. generally after Well, her, Rick, I, uh, I tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Generally after her and I uh, hold hands and think for your thoughts, you know, it's good to take a shower for lots of reasons. Okay, but is she or is she not? Is it that time of the month? I don't I don't think so. Okay, so you well you would there's know. There's some confusion there. There's Maybe maybe someone does need health class. I don't, you I don't, wouldn't I, know. I, I I don't think so. Not anymore, at least. Whatever. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And I feel kind of icky that we're asking him these questions. But no, but I mean, no, because but he, people need to know. No, because he made look. I, it's not like you're the cleanest guy on earth most of the time. <laughs> so I'm just saying. What does mean? You're walking around in dirty socks, dude. Put your shoes Clean on. Please put your shoes on. Mostly and you have underwear. scabies. All right. Anyway, here's what we got. We got a vasectomy call. Toilet lady, somebody asking about a listener party, and somebody telling us that Timmy's going to make us all sick. Oh, and by the way, we have uh, Dorothy Carcassari coming up at 2 o'clock, Richie Bristol. Uh, and then we have Jim Roop uh, at 2.10. Oh, so we're gonna have to, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're going to have to push this break. Uh, by the way, it is uh, KCMD Portland. Richie, can you uh, get Dorothy on the phone uh, now? Because otherwise we're going to run into Roop at 2.10. Uh, later on, top five with Mailman Chris. I, uh, so much to get to. Here, do you want to know the things I haven't gotten to? We haven't gotten to Trey Arrow's music. We haven't gotten to this thing about Sanford I'll, I'll and Son. So we we haven't gotten to the thing that happened to you earlier today that you were going to talk about. We haven't gotten to this question oh, about tubs full of life. Tubs full of liquor. We I'm haven't gotten there. to these two these two articles about how to tell what a guy really means when he says whatever, which is sort of a hackneyed radio thing, but they're kind of funny. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten to that. I haven't gotten to High Concept Thursday. Uh, I mean. There's a lot of phone calls. Really, it's, it's like a you know, I would tree. prefer, like for me, I'm, that thing that happened today. today wanna... Let's let's put it off till tomorrow. Talk about it later. I want to talk about it tomorrow, but not right. today. Cause well, still, um, because you're de- oh oh, Cause it's it's in motion. Because it's in progress still. Your thing has already happened. You've already scrubbed yourself, or not, as the case may be. I need you again. All of us. I think you speak for us all. I'm when gonna I give say myself that. a sponge bath uh, over on your side of the studio when please, you're down tonight. Please don't oh. say that ever again. I'm gonna take a picture of it. Tim Ryan was sponge. Bathed here. You know, use Lacey's studio for that. All right. 503-733. Do you think uh, about things before they come out of your mouth? No. No. No, I can answer for him. Uh, let's see. Let's just do a couple of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, Rick, earlier it came up, uh, it was a question of how the toilet lady that was stuck to the toilet might have, might have not... This show might've... is all class today. I hope today... <laughs> Uh, this is the day that I hope that, like, a consultant has been retained, uh, if, or that, or that maybe... Yeah, this is this this is going to be the segment that like the general manager is going to pull out, and we're going to have some big weird air check session, and it's going to be with scabies and people who are glued to toilets. So, all right, what is your thought? Uh, anyway, I, I, it, there was a question of how um, she might have wiped, and I was thinking, <laughs> no, okay. no, not in any world, <laughs> no, 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 sir, Please sir, let me let me just let me translate here. So you are speculating that when it came time. We are speaking clinically now about yes. scientific issues. Yes. You, you are saying that when it came time for her to uh, clean herself post-bathroom activity, you're thinking that there had to have been, it could not have been a complete seal between her body and the toilet. Normally, you're supposed to go... Uh, now, let's think, but let's, think, let's think before we speak. Yeah, I am. I am. Normally... Uh, when you're are you gonna, let me ask you this. Are you about to describe the mechanics... The mechanics of cleaning oneself. No, no, no. When done toileting, one has definitely got your red wings last night. I oh, know. my God. Thank you. you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, we can't. Let's not take any calls. You just. I don't think you what realize how many dumps you've Yeah, no, that's. Uh, what did he just say? No. No, because that's, that's you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a all sports right. team. We're all good. It's let's all stop. Let's not stopped. pick up anybody except for Dorothy. Jeez, Jesus, God. 
all just stuff. The best part was how I asked him if he was going to describe the mechanics of cleaning oneself after using See, the bathroom. where you and I differ. Like, I would have put him on, like, he would have gone after that first one. Because you could tell that he's like, no, 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 let me think. Because you can tell that they're just going to re-describe it. Seriously, that's, I think, and again, I know that I'm accused of being uh, overly cautious with such things. No, you need to count your dumps, too, because... I did, that was only two. Okay. No, it was two. But we just used one a few months ago, too, right? Yeah, but that's but that's way bad. We got it back. It's like okay. 90 seconds. 90 seconds per 10 is how that works. Okay. No, 90 seconds per 10. Uh, so, no, we're fine. It, but you, you were totally right about that guy. That was a guy where, I don't mean to be bashing the caller. After he's done speaking, because uh, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to end a call and then, like, as they say, uh, no, sort, of, a bad sort of kick the caller. I'm just saying I don't think people sometimes hear us or listen when we ask questions. Like, for example, and then we'll get Dorothy in, like, five seconds here. When that guy said, hey, so I think you're and – I, and I stopped him and I said, are you going to describe now the mechanics of post-toilet uh, hygiene? Are the mechanics of cleaning oneself? Are you go about to do that? And he said, "No, no, no, I'm not." But then, and then, that's exactly what he proceeded to do, which means that we had to bleep it. So, I don't mean to sound cranky. Please understand, we're saying this because we love you. Here's the thing: when we ask you whether you're about to say something, listen to what we are inquiring, and then think through your comment. Maybe play it in your head in like a preview mode. And then decide whether or not what you're about to say is, in fact, what we've just suggested you ought not to say. Because ultimately, if you say something wrong and we don't catch it in time and someone from the FCC hears it, then we're screwed and, and really, there's no more show. And really, honestly, what he said is actually not even that bad. It's just unpleasant and just the sort of thing we would, you know. All right. Anywho. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the National Enquirer, Dorothy Carcassari. Hello, Dorothy. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. How's life? How are things? I haven't seen uh, the new Inquirer at a local newsstand yet, but I guess it's because it comes out, what, tomorrow? Today is Thursday? Exactly. So this is, it's got, it, it, really, as much as the Inquirer typically is fantastic, today even more so, because it's just one thing after another. It's Heather Locklear and Katie Couric and Mandy Moore. Is it true that Mandy Moore's mom just left her dad for another woman? Can you believe that? I can. Isn't I'm, that a shocker? Not only can I believe it, I'm visualizing it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, we have this exclusive story about, you know, this Mandy Moore, you know, she's always been kind of the very pure kind of girl next door image going on. And not to say that, that she's not, that she doesn't still have that image now. You know, she's not responsible for things that her that her mom does, but turns out that her mom is, Picking up with a woman. So now, is this, I mean, sort of just come out of the blue, or is this like an ongoing thing? Or This is something that, you know, is definitely still developing, and they've apparently been exchanging steamy notes and everything that people do when they're crazy about each other and in love. Fantastic. Well, it's a, we've, I think we have Mandy Moore on the show. Didn't we, didn't we talk to Mandy Moore we at one sure point? We sure did. She was very pleasant. Yeah, she was very nice. So, well, interesting. It's just, I mean, again, you know, what? Uh, as Woody Allen famously said, the heart wants what it wants. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, it's, uh, it's just interesting. And then, but the big thing on the cover of this, this week's Inquirer is, and I'm assuming that this is a recent photo, is this of Patrick Swayze, like, post, I have cancer, Patrick Swayze, and he's actually smoking a cigarette? This just might be the most effective anti-smoking campaign yet. Yes, 
Yes, you're right. There is a photo on the cover of Patrick Swayze smoking a cigarette. The photo was taken on March 10th. So this is and so very that's, new photo, a very recent photo. And is that had he already, to your knowledge, started chemotherapy when he was like? In other words, he's undergoing chemotherapy and smoking at the same time. He is certainly doing that, and he's also during his breaks from chemotherapy, stepping outside to light up. It's really sad and really shocking. Wow, I mean that really uh, that really does. I mean, I guess maybe there's two ways to look at it. Maybe uh, maybe the addiction is just that bad, which I guess it can be. I mean, I've known people who actually were so addicted to cigarettes that they, they would actually wake up in the middle of the night and have to smoke. Uh, or it absolutely can be. I, I get, or maybe just, or maybe he just thinks, uh, you know, maybe if, if he feels, or maybe if the doctor has implied that. Uh, that it is terminal. There's just no no beating it. Uh, then maybe he figures he'll just uh, go out happy. I just uh, I don't know. D d I mean, the the doctor has said that it was not as bad as the media made it out to be. That he was actually responding really well, uh, Patrick Swayze, to the treatment. Do you know if that's true? We hope that's the case because that is what the doctor's saying. We're hearing otherwise, but we really do very seriously hope that the truth is that he is beating it and that he is going to live longer than the four or five weeks that we're hearing. Uh, because I was assumed that there's what the PR person says, and then there's what the worst rumors are, and that the truth is always somewhere in the middle. There's the in-between. Well, we, we're, hearing, we're hearing five weeks. We're hoping that's not the case. Our hearts absolutely go out to him and his family. This is really a, a very sad story. Uh, and then finally, uh, we're talking to Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. New issue uh, comes out uh, tomorrow. Uh, because we are all one big family here at CBS, uh, I'm especially interested in Katie Couric, who is on the front of this week's issue, where I guess, because she was hooking up with some guy who was like, I mean, he was, he was like half her age or something, right? Oh, yeah. She is a cradle robber for sure. You know, she, she's been in the news a lot for different relationship, relationships that she's had. She's, you know, everyone's always very interested in her love life because she is this kind of single mom, career woman. That makes, that makes her love life extremely interesting to people. And so, and you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please. <laughs> I was just like, so she was supposed to marry this guy, and then I guess, what is it, like, he didn't want to be a dad? Because she, she has kids, right? Right. She does have children, and her children, she's always talked about them in interviews about, obviously, how important they are to her. You know, she lost her husband uh, to, to cancer as well, and she, she always makes her children a priority. And she tries to kind of, you know, weave her love life in when she can, juggling her being a mom and being a very high-profile career woman, even more so, you know, recently since she left the Today Show. And it seems like... You know, now things are kind of falling apart in the love department, which this is kind of her her luck usually. For some odd reason, she just can't seem to to make her relationships last. I will say this. If you watch Katie Couric, it, it does sort of seem like at any given moment she might just begin screaming and weeping uncontrollably on, on camera. Like she just sort of lives her life on the knife edge of mental collapse. So <laughs> I don't mean to sound gleeful about it. I'm just making that observation as a journalist. All right. Uh, excellent. The new issue comes out tomorrow. Thanks for uh, kind of uh, moving your schedule around a little bit today. We're sort of we've been sort of weirdly overbooked this week. So no problem at all. Marking uh, this Elliot Spitzer story hard. Excellent. I was going to ask you about anything new, but I guess people will uh, they'll have to check the website and the uh, the Inquirer on stands for that. So uh, as always, Dorothy Carcassari. Thank you so much, Dorothy.
Thanks, guys. All right, there you go. Dorothy Cartesari for the National Enquirer. Fantastic. So we don't get to wet our beak with the free Enquirers anymore? I don't know. You know, I can't... Like they came once, and it's just like, oh, wow, this is really fun, and then never And now ends. I'm back to buying it myself, and it's like $9 an issue. So, you know, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, what time is it? It's now 2.10. So do we have Jim Roop coming up? Um, We should. All right, we have Jim Roop coming up at some Italian. point. Uh, and then we have... Uh, Dorothy has to mail those out herself? What kind of a company do they run there? Dorothy has to mail the issues. She doesn't she have people? She should have people. Even I have Richie. She seems like people who have people. I mean, really, I'm no one and I have people. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah, we need to figure out who her assi- She fired her assistant? Really? Is that true? Oh, wait, hold on. This is too good. Now we have to have gossip about the National Enquirer. Wait, hold on. Let me, uh, where's my uh, Richie sounder here? If I can just, uh... Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. By Odia. You remember which mic it is, uh, Sarah? Here? Neither of them work. Neither, neither, of, them. Them. neither of them. Richie, share mine. All right, I'm sorry. Why don't you uh, once again use Timmy oh, Ryan's Richie. microphone? So what is the deal? So Dorothy fired her assistant? Uh, I don't know. She started getting in and she shut up. <laughs> we were talking what? about it. I don't understand. What do you mean? Because I called her up to find out if uh, we're going to get that. You know, Because here's the thing. Just background. So... It's not that I'm opposed to paying for things. I don't expect everything to be free. That's fine, whatever. And obviously, I should say, attention to CBS, we are obviously not discussing the Inquirer as part of a quid pro quo to receive free goods. No. Um, but, the, but we do, you know, we were having her on regardless, and the deal was she was going to kind of send us stuff so that we sort of knew in advance what they were talking about, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That being said, fine. I don't mind buying my own Inquirer. I do it without shame. But it is. I just like to sort of know whether we're going to get the Inquirer in the mail or whether I got to go buy it. Either way is fine. But so you're saying she has to mail them out herself because why? Uh, they said they were really busy and something happened and she had to get rid of her assistant. She was mailing them out herself, and I was like trying to private and not. <laughs> did you really? Were you trying to? Did you realize at some point? Uh, was it sort of a thing within a thing where you realized you were actually trying to pry gossip out of the woman? Uh, yeah. who works at the National Enquirer. Yeah, plus uh, the longer I talk to a female, the more chance I'm going to get myself in trouble, so I didn't want to really talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Because you're eventually just going to become sleazy. Yeah, like, I'll pro- I started to ask her, is, is she a, a, a female <laughs> or assistant? The know? assistant. Or does well, she have a male one? And... Please tell me that you don't hit on Dorothy Carcissari when she calls. No, I try not to hear it on anybody over the phone no more. What do you mean no more? No when is more. It, when, <laughs> no when, more. When were you doing that? Never. You said no more. Uh, never. Implying that that happened in the past. Did you used to hit on female guests of this program? I have. Who? Uh, what female? Let me just let's just go down the list. How did you hit on Morgan Grace yesterday? No, I think I uh, better not say nothing. I see Jim. <laughs> no, dude. Is, is she big bisexual? You think? First of all, I don't know. Second of all, let's not ponder. Not our business. Oh, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Well, first of all, would that stop you from hitting on her? Well, if she's with her girlfriend. That's I, not her girlfriend. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't believe know. that's I, the case. That being said, uh, I'm not uh, purporting to know, <laughs> nor are we prying into that. She's totally your tie, too, Richie. Not our concern. Uh, no, that Stephanie uh, heads the band Cleveland, which is really great, and Morgan, when oh. she's not doing her solo stuff, Morgan plays second guitar in Cleveland. Oh, okay. And that's not code for something, but she plays <laughs> actual second guitar for Cleveland. Uh, and I think, I think actually Stephanie was, was the one who gave her a ride here yesterday. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think she, she woke up late. She mentioned her, she woke up and she's like, Stephanie, I need a ride to the studio. But were you hitting on Morgan yesterday? No. Were you hitting on Stephanie yesterday? No. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you hit on Storm when she's been here? No. You sure about that? 
Well, I mean, and who were you hitting? Who were you hitting on? What female guest of this program have you hit on? I don't know. That's, that's a lie. Don't lie. I try not to. When we did the Christmas show, was there a woman who came in the studio that you were hitting on? I was too busy. All right. So you don't. So you haven't hit on anybody who's been a female guest of this show. No, I try to be professional. All right. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson show from Los Angeles. Jesus. Sarah, do you kind of feel like we're on a like we're teachers on a field trip Usually today? Usually you and I are the crazy ones, and I think you and I are really calm and adult like Really, this. honestly. <laughs> Hello, Jim Roop. Howdy. Hi, how's your day going? My day's going pretty well, sir. How's your day going? It's been a little bit of a... It's, it's, it's an interesting program today. Usually, uh, when Tim Riley, our news director, is here, he is sort of an adult, and Sarah and I are very much feel very childlike. Uh, today, uh, Tim Riley is gone, and Sarah and I really do feel like... Uh, I don't know, like uh, like youth group leaders or something, uh, because it's uh, we've got some other people filling in today, and it really does feel like we're trying to conduct a homeroom class or something. Uh, all right, what's going on in that? What's going on in your world, your life? Uh, well, the John Ritter jury is deliberating. And this That's is because uh, is this because they said the doctor didn't diagnose him in advance, or the doctor treated him poorly? Well, there's two doctors involved in this lawsuit. Uh, first of all, there's a radiologist who performed a body scan on John Ritter two years before he died, and the lawsuit claims that this doctor did not adequately warn Ritter about an enlarged aorta, and that caused Ritter not to really pay too much attention to it, saying that, you know, the doctor didn't tell him what he should do to prevent a major catastrophe like this. And secondly, the cardiologist, the night that Ritter went to the hospital, they said he did not order a chest X-ray. Had he ordered a chest X-ray, he would have seen, uh, seen a dissected aorta, which then he wouldn't have tried to put an angioplasty in there and blow up the artery because that's what ruptured the artery completely right. and killed John Ritter. And what is what is their defense? What is their, what is their response? Well, to this? their defense. Uh, first of all, Dr. Lee, the, the cardiologist, was called in from another hospital, or called in from somewhere else that night, uh, in a hurry to treat John Ritter. The uh, defense lawyer says, first of all, a chest x-ray was ordered, but there was no way that Dr. Lee would have known that. Well, why didn't the doctor ask? That's the first question. Right. Number two, they said that no matter what anybody would have or could have done for John Ritter that night, he would not have survived his condition. He was a, he was a victim of his, uh, of his biology, that he had this condition that was pre-existing, that was dangerous, and it just blew up on him that particular night. No one could have saved him no matter what they did. Mm. And it does seem like this is the sort of thing that kind of keeps me awake every now and again. I'll be up at 2 a.m. sort of trying to sleep. And I will. St you'll start to sort of ponder, as we've often said on this program, the billion things that have to go right in your body every single second just to sort of keep breathing. <laughs> I was thinking about that last night because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff going on in this trial. Listening to the summations yesterday, the jury got it today, and last night, I, I swear to God, about 1.30 in the morning, I'm going, man, you know, you start to sweat and you think, okay, is is my aorta about to blow? I mean, right. what in the hell is going on? And that's the worst thing about these kind of stories is that you start looking at yourself going, oh, man. Exactly, and you wonder what sort of is lurking in your, in your heart, your brain, your genetic code that's just going to decide to turn on someday. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, you know, mean, it, it is absolutely nuts, man. That's why you gotta live each day like you're dying, babe. You gotta do what Patrick Swayze is doing. We were just talking to somebody from the National Enquirer, where there's this great shot of Patrick Swayze walking out of chemotherapy and lighting up a cigarette. 
I mean, that is a man who's drinking deeply from the cup of existence, you know? You know, I guess when you, when you figure, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, there does come a point where you're just sort of, you know, screw it. So, yeah, man. All right, brother, uh, I will let you get back to your uh, Southern California day. Are you on tomorrow? Oh, yeah. All right. We tomorrow's will, uh, Friday, right? Uh, the last time I checked. It, it, this whole yeah. week is a little bit of a blur for us, but I do believe tomorrow is Friday, yes. All right. I'll be here. All right. We'll talk to you then, my brother. Thank All you. Right, there you go. James Roop in Los Angeles. Today's show has been exhausting. It has in a fabulous way, though. Uh, hello, mm -hmm. Timmy Ryan. Hey, um, we were talking about this earlier. Morgan Grace and I? Yes. <sighs> Both grew up a little bit in Sweet Home, the same little small town south of us, way south of us. Yeah, no, she's written, um, I don't know if she's written songs, but she's talked a lot about sort of growing up there, and it was just one of those things where there really was nothing to do, uh, you know, at all. And so it's towns like that that really do propel people into becoming artists and musicians of every stripe, because really, what else are you going to do but just sit in your basement and huff Krylon, you know what uh, I mean? I got drunk a lot and went out to Foster Lake. Yeah, see, I mean, every, it, any, any, any number of people, I think, have come from small towns uh, like that, where it's just every single day you kind of look at the front window of your house and just go, here I am. I did win the talent show, though. So You won a talent show? Yeah, of course. How old were you? Uh, 16. High school? Yeah. Uh, was this a school talent show? Yeah, man. What, what, what was your talent? Oh, I, I sang a comedy song. Was this a pre-existing comedy song that you covered, or was this an original? No, it was, it was pre-existing. What was the comedy song? It was Adam Sandler. Did you sing the Hanukkah song? No. Did you sing? What was the song? Uh, it was uh, Lunch Lady Land. Really? Yeah. Did you, you play? sing it out? Joe, slap, slappy Joe. It was oh, just Joe's on. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, you chose poorly, Sarah. It was just on a whim. I was I just, just died a little I inside. I was just joking about trying out for it. Like, no, no, you, you're, you're in the show now, and I, I ended up winning. Did you play guitar too, or just sing? Oh, I play guitar, of course. I'm sorry. And, and then I was in a surf rock. I didn't band know exactly what sort of won, form so. your Adam Sandler tribute show might have taken. Was it a tribute show? I did one song that I didn't even <laughs> want to sing in the first place, and I happened to win. What was the prize in the talent show? I think I won like fifty bucks. Uh huh. Fifty bucks and a big bucket of shame. Um, fifty bucks and the fact that you have to tell people you won it by imitating Adam Sandler. I, here's the thing: I got a bunch of girls' attention that would never pay attention to me before. So it just goes to show: if you pick up a guitar, no matter how nerdy or geeky or um, I don't know, whatever you are to girls. Jaundice. They, <laughs> jaundice. Scabby. They will want Dirty to do socked. you. <laughs> covered in grease. <laughs> I'm covered in stud. <laughs> you, I don't think that means what you think it means, oh, by that, the way. That didn't work. No. Oh, um, by the way, Shelly just text messaged me and said she's going to beat me with a wooden spoon. <laughs> Fantastic. That's not going to happen, by the way. I'm glad I could help. Let's take a break. Back after this. More of Timmy Ryan. Uh, Mailman Chris uh, will roll out his uh, top five TV theme songs of all time. Like us at three. Donna Mike at seven. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Rick Emerson radio program. Who's happy? A study in broadcast excellence. Uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Like us at three. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Mailman Chris coming up here in about five minutes uh, with his attempt to uh, list the top five definitive TV theme songs of all time. Let's see. What else? Something else to get through today, but I forget what it was. There's so much stuff we haven't done today. When are we going to listen to Detroit? <laughs> Did your microphone just go crackly? Yes. Keep speaking. Um, snap, crackle, pop. I think it stopped now. Are you sure? 
Yeah. Okay, there it goes. All right. We Sarah does have a crackly witch-like voice sometimes. That was a terrible thing to say. Oh. Oh, oh no. there it goes. Timmy Ryan, are you going to apologize? Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen. Not really. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Before we do anything else here. Richie. Let's listen to a happy song. Richie. <laughs> uh, uh, Richie. Just the microphone cord. Richie Bristol, if Matt Green is here. Uh, jiggle it a little bit. Would you would you have Matt please jiggle come it. to the studio? Here's some news with Timmy Ryan. Do you know who's a vegetarian? Meatloaf. Is really Meat that Loaf true? Meatloaf is a vegetarian. That is okay. That's both hilarious and ironic. You know, you know, great minds and voices think alike. I suppose. And how ironic that Sarah's mic has gone dead just as we're about to talk about meatloaf. Isn't that right, Sarah? That's right, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to use mine? Uh, well, you Does that mean you'll talk less? Well, but but then what is he? Okay, can Wait. I just? We're, du- we're double. Hold on, everyone, stop for a second because I have to explain to the audience what's happening. So during the break, we were testing. Let me back up even further. We have five microphones in the studio. Five. One for Sarah. One for Tim Riley. One for myself. And two guest microphones. We have five microphones in here. Now we've been having uh, some issues with microphones lately. Mine sounded flat. And the processing was weird. Then it fixed itself. Then Sarah's went dead almost entirely. Now we have discovered that neither of the guest microphones today can be brought up on the board for some reason. And, no, 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 it gets better. So both guest microphones have gone dead, and we're, as we're about to have a guest, and Sarah's microphone just started, it sounds like it's shorting out almost, like it's crackling. It really does. And that's just... And with all of which could be fixed if and either of the guest microphones could bring it right up on the board, and if we weren't also about to have a guest. Yes. Yeah. Jesus, God Almighty! All right. So, um, you, inju- Sorry. <laughs> you should probably turn that off for now, because otherwise, uh, you know what it is. You when you speak, it sort of sounds like a fly buzzing around. Hey, sir, you want to share my scabies, Mike? You know when you put it that way, who can? Who can? I'll let it be the Timmy and Rick show. Who can resist? Um, all right. Why don't you uh, proceed with some news, Timmy Ryan, and we'll, right. let, we'll let Matt and Sarah work over there. Meatloaf's recent tour serves as the backdrop for a new documentary about the singer, Meatloaf, In Search of Paradise. Really? Yes. Tells a veteran performer's story while chronicling his trials and triumphs as he worked to get his show to the stage. The rocker, who's now 60, admits that being on the road is more difficult now than it was when he was younger. But he notes that it's not exactly full of hardship. Sometimes it's easier being on tour than it is being home. <laughs> I can tell you that. There's a lot less work. Home is like a lot of stuff. Tour is like, okay, ah, oh, man, I'm in my room. I just order some room service. Okay, great. This is cool. I watch TV. Yeah, nobody's bugging me. Okay. That's easy. I think it's about time for somebody to retire. You know, That's... he doesn't sound, he's one of those guys that sounds nothing like he sings. Like He's like... And everything that's easy, and then he goes on stage. I would do anything for love. Well, let me tell you, actually, if you've heard any of his recent stuff, and Sarah had a bootleg CD, if only she could talk about it. Uh, there's like uh, one of our listeners sent Sarah a bootleg CD of Meatloaf performing recently. I forget where Australia. Was it bad? It was awful. It was awful. And don't get me wrong, I love Meatloaf. I really do, unashamedly. I love Jim Steinman's compositions. Ew. 
But I, you know, Meatloaf is, uh, you know, was a very distinct singer. And again, Jim Steinman wrote great songs for him. But if you've heard that that bootleg, this right here. Sometimes it's easier being on tour than it is being home. <laughs> right there. That's ah. exactly what he sings like now, too. Sounds like Jim Neighbors. No, he sounds, his voice has gone all thin. Uh, yeah, it's all like, oh, There we yay. go. Or, yeah, it's all, all right. wa like, warbly. His voice is sounds, he has no control over it anymore. And the problem is, he has... A lot of times performers will do this, in my opinion, when they start to when when they start to lose some of their um, physical or technical ability, they will try to cover it with mannerism. And the problem is, Meatloaf, as I mean, look, we all get older, but as Meatloaf has gotten older, he has tried to cover his lack of um, projection. He can't project as much anymore with vibrato, and so he gets this sort of like fake ass quavery vibrato going on in his voice. That just makes him sound like sort of a bad parody of himself. It really is awful. Do we have some of this? Bad karaoke. I mean, it's awful. And and again, this comes from you know I'm a big Meatloaf fan, as is Sarah. But I mean, you gotta. It's, it was kind of heartbreaking to hear that for the first yeah, time. Yeah, it comes a time you gotta hang it up. I mean, it's a. Uh, you know, I'm just bummed that I'd never. Have you seen him? I have. I saw him with <sighs> Cheap Trick actually. Bastard. I saw him with Cheap Trick in ninety. Uh, two on the Bad Out of Hell tour. I him at the Gorge. Uh, Bad Out of Hell two. It was uh, he a cheap trick opened for him at the Gorge. You just named the two last records that I listened to. Cheap trick opened for him. I think so. I mean, I forget exactly oh, how it worked. I think because he had a number one record at that time. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, anyway, it was cheap a, trick not sounding very good anymore either. Uh, cheap trick are okay. You know, yeah. the, 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 I've seen them. Xander's just not up to his usual standards. You know, but again, nobody stays twenty five. I saw Cheap Trick about a year ago, mm -hmm. uh, and not bad at all. I mean, really, you sort of have to. Agree Recalibrate your ears a little bit. I think they were dropping, you know, they were playing a lower register and whatnot. Uh, but you know what? They still, as with all of those artists, see, now we got to be really careful because we got to bring Mayo and Christian, but we're going to, I can tell this is one of the things where we could lose hours talking about this. Like a lot of uh, those artists, the weak link in those bands is the lead singer. And I'm not trying to knock Robin Zander, uh, but the weak link is singers because they age worse than guitar players do. A guitar player. You know, like, here's a perfect example. Is that Zeppelin reunion? Yeah. The Zeppelin reunion, I'm, like, the world's biggest Zeppelin fan. Not bad. I mean, it was actually really, especially because the page is, like, 65. The thing about it is, the weak link, relatively speaking, was Plant. Because uh, they did this great thing of, rather than speeding up the songs to try to seem young, they slowed him down, they dropped the tuning, and it was kind of more, even more sludgy and dark and evil and great and billowing clouds of doom. But any of the weak links during that Zeppelin reunion were all planned because he would forget for a minute that he was 60, and he tried to hit a high note, and it just he couldn't do it. Oh. So, and we're back. All right. Hey, Richie Bristol, do you want to bring a – wait, do we have a guest mic that's working? Not really. So here's what we're going to have to do. Richie, can you – do we have time to do the top five? Um, we probably do. I'm going to feel like an ass if we – let's do this. Uh, Timmy, you're going to have to bail out for a second. Richie, can you bring me on with Chris in? We'll put Chris on that mic. I'll just do the top five countdown myself, and uh, and we'll put Chris on that mic. It'll just be Chris and I because now now of the five mics here, 60% of them have gone dead. I know it's frustrating, but things will get fixed. Soon. No, no, I'm playing through the pain. I'm just on the fly figuring out how to do this. Exactly. So let's roll it, ladies and gentlemen. Here is your top five for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Five. Four, three, two, one, fire! Shouting is wonderful, count 
Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? Why, hello, Mailman Chris. How are you today? I am fine. And yourself? I am uh, I am dandy, is what I am. All right, so let's see. Top five TV themes. You know, uh, <laughs> Jesus, God. I am looking here in the RES folder, uh, Richie, and I don't see uh, Chris's uh, top five. I think it said Chris. Does it just say I, Chris? I think it said Chris top five. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, uh, now you actually, just by sheer luck of the draw, you answered the Aaron Spelling Heights question correctly yesterday. I did. So here you are to present your top five. So I did mine on Monday, for which I'm still being excoriated. Tim did his Tuesday, uh, which people loved, and then Sarah did hers yesterday, and everybody liked Sarah's as well. So apparently I am the only one who cannot do this top five correctly. So uh, you have brought your own top five. Now, how long did it take you to put this together? It took me no time at all to put it together, but then it took me like four hours to refine it. <laughs> because now, did you did you change it? Did you how many alterations has this gone through? It's a bunch because I had them all on MP3, and then I went to put them on Wave. And as I was downloading the Wave files, I'm like, well, I'd rather have this. Maybe one. I'll this change one. this yeah. one. So, all but right. I feel pretty comfortable about this. Okay. I was, you know, trying not to duplicate anything or go with anything that wasn't originally written for the show. So oh, these are not so. previously existing songs. He's a purist. All right, fair enough. All right, so we have now uh, crossing my fingers and hoping these all play correctly. Because if they didn't play correctly, that would be both terrible and par for the course for the last hour. These are your top five TV theme songs of all time. Absolutely. Count, I, I don't, oh, I don't okay, have the list sorry, in front of okay, me, so sorry, you don't have to sorry. count them down. Uh, okay, an honorable mention. From 1977, it is The Muppet Show. Fantastic. Well done. Good one. I don't know why I didn't think of this. I have this in Yiddish, by the way. Excellent. I just love this because they changed it every week. It was the middle eight's always different. Is that true? Yes, the middle eight is always different. It, the first season, it was Fozzie telling jokes. Then it went to Waldor, uh, Waldor Stadler and Waldor. Plus, sometimes you had uh, Kermit going to introduce this guest star. That's I didn't. I never realized that. I believe this one is Waldorf and Stafford. Why do we always come here? I guess we'll never know. It's like a kind of torture to have to watch the show. God, I love the show. You know, it holds up too. It does. It is not because when they did this show, it was already a throwback. It was already a throwback to 50s vaudeville shows. So the Muppet Show was dated, like, at the very beginning. So it's, it holds up now. It does. I have them all on DVD, it's the, and my kids love them. Aaron's wife, Jen, is a Muppet Show fanatic. The freak for that show. Well done. Yeah. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. And at number five, 1966, The Monkees. Why didn't I think of this? Gosh, he's shaving you, Rick Emerson. I suck. I should be destroyed. Well, you went first. It was... I had, I had, I could build on your guys. Everyone could learn from my mistakes. Is that it? Yeah. I'm like the first wave of guys at Normandy. <laughs> Shot down. Everybody else learns. And it ends. And it ends. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to do that, but it just ended. Of course, it's not supposed to. Why not? All right. Well, moving on to number four, uh, everybody's favorite, greatest American hero. Sarah knows this, of course, for an entirely different reason. Is it, believe it or not, George? Yeah. Isn't George, that exactly. <laughs> Written by? Uh, wait, wait. King of the 80s theme song. Mike Post? Mike Post. Of course. 
This was a big pop hit, too. This is like a... It charted at number two, nerd. You we just had time to do research. You trying to get Don Geronimo's job? <laughs> Mike, this was a top uh, number two hit. Scott Shannon. Yeah. Well done. This is a... I, by the way, can I just tell you, I can already see another one coming up that my wife screamed at me for omitting. Yeah. And it's number three. Number three... Oh, oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, what was I thinking? I'm oh. just filled with shame and self-recrimination. Now now I can really sound like a nerd. I wanted to put the extended version of this song on. Yeah. It was only aired twice, the first episode and the 200th episode. But it's, it's if you have the opportunity to Google search the extended version of this yeah. song, it is fantastic. It, it's got the line, your husband wants to be a girl. <laughs> so you should go to everyone, you know, and it's, it's fantastic song. And this also gave us one of the great uh, Simpsons songs, which is that happiness is just a flaming mow away, which is a knockoff of this. Yes. And of course, you know the, you know the tagline to Mo's Bar. No. Where nobody knows your name. Fantastic. Got those great sepia tone photographs. Fantastic. Well done. This is a great list. Look at you. All right, these are Mailman Chris's top five TV theme songs of all time. Remember back a few years. Oh yeah. I was just Tim and I were just talking about this the other day that he and I both realized Tim and I leave the show and I know a lot of people think that we finish the show and like ride around on a tandem bicycle together, (laughs) but you know Tim goes back off to his fortress of solitude. I go to mine. We both have the same ritual. I walk into the house. And the first thing I do is I change shirts and I change shoes. Nope. Same thing with Tim. He noted that he walks home, he takes off his shirt, puts on a different one, and he sits down on like a hassock and changes shoes. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that, love that piano in the background. I think he wrote this. Could you be you know, I didn't see that. I, I wasn't I sure. Although I do want to point out that for anyone who's uh, interested, March 20th this year, uh-huh. it's his birthday. Really? It would be his 80th birthday, and his hometown has asked it to be wear a sweater day. Oh, I'm totally wearing a sweater. I'm wearing a sweater. What day was it? March 20th. 320. Okay. That's a week from today. As compared to 420. My neighbor. Oh, by the way, even though Tim Riley's not here, we should note today is our anniversary. My neighbor. Today oh. is the anniversary oh, yes. of coming back to Portland Radio post-Coffee Cup Crusade. Um, so I don't want that to go unacknowledged, but we'll talk about it more on Monday when Tim is back. But yeah, today is yeah. our two-year anniversary of having returned. All right. And at number one. Great choice on this one. This well done. American Bandstand, Bandstand Boogie by Barry Manilow. This is also a big hit. Yeah, well, this song was, you know, it was written in the 50s, and it was instrumental. It went through several incarnations before Manilow did it, and this this did uh, make top ten. It's a 
great song. And he name checks Dick Clark in there, too. Does he? Okay, now that we're wrapping this up, any regrets? No, actually. You stand I, behind it? I stand behind it. I'll probably get get flamed for, for something. You know what? I, I know one that you missed. What's that? And you have the children and you have the tattoos. You missed Sesame Street. You know, I listened to it. I was going to put it on there. That song is grating. It is just grating. He's making excuses. He's proud about it. No, honestly, I didn't. And especially nowadays, if you haven't heard it in the last few years, they've got like a hip-hop Jay-Z remix of Sesame Street. I don't, I don't want No. <laughs> That's <laughs> just horrid. wrong. It's horrid. All right, we'll take this to break. Mailman Chris, well done. Thank you. All right. Fantastic. Thank you, everyone. Right. Back after this, standard the Rick Emerson Show. We uh, now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. What an odd collection of instrumentation this is, though. I can't even really tell. Acoustic guitar. Is it acoustic guitar? Or what is that I sort of xylophone. the metallic thing? Xylophone. It's like someone rattling a chain-link fence in time with the music. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's got to be some like low-grade xylophone that I hear in the background. Dun, 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 can you dun, st- can you play dun. from the beginning again? Mm-hmm. There's that. It's like. That's totally... I've always wondered what that sound was. That was on little, like, plastic mallets. You can hear it. Okay. This is not grating. And you, you shut up. There's nothing grating about this. I still, I still stand by the Muppet Show. I stand by the Muppet Show, too. But I don't think there's anything wrong with this song. I find it very ironic to talk about the Airbnb suite, and it's set in New York. It's set in a tenement <laughs> building. Not just in New York, but in a housing project. It's like in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeper Street. Sweet with the smell of cheap Mexican food. Uh, excellent. Uh, mailman Chris. Oh, is this a birthday gift? Yes, this is a birthday present. I, I missed out uh, seeing you the other night All at, right. uh, at Court and Fatboy. Yes. Thank you. It's the John Kerry book, A Call to Service. My plan for a better America. And guess oh, where I got that? Depressing. Guess where I got that? No idea. At the Dollar Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Oh, um, I just like that for the name. Oh, this is the the clicker liquor. <laughs> just go on your pan or something? <laughs> no, it's a it's a lollipop. Oh, I see. And uh, finally, a shirt of some kind. Uh, thank you, by the way, for all of this. <gasps> hey, Zoidberg. It's a Zoidberg shirt. Why not Zoidberg? Why not Zoidberg? All right, excellent. Thank you. So happy birthday. Thank you, my friend. All right, we got two minutes here. Should I try to do some calls? I feel bad. These people have been holding for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we're just going to go through these one at a time. Hi, uh, you, you. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hi. Uh, was it was it Timmy or Richie that was from Sweet Home? Timmy Ryan. That's one of the places Timmy he lives. Ryan. Well, I grew up down in a small town down there, and it was a podunk little town, but we made fun of Sweet Home. Where at? Well, what town did you grow up in? Uh, you probably would have a big town of Shed. I know Shed. Yeah. Shed. I know Shed. Yeah. yeah. Shed? Anyway. I've been drunk in Shed. Yeah, my, actually my father Drunk and Shed married. is what he just said, by the way. Yeah, that's with two Ds. Drunk in Shed. Two Ds. Yes. But Sweet Home was uh, the cousins with cousins and... You shut up about Sweet Home. Yeah, Every, I mean Foster, Foster Lake and Sweet and Green Peter were on the way. Everybody wants somebody else to make fun of. Other than that, Sweet Home. Wow. All right, thank you. All right, bye. Oh, hell. All right, hi. <laughs> hi, on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I called a while back and asked you not to talk about uh, Tim Ryan's sex life because it put a bad image in my mind. Yes. Uh, I've got another bad image, and I'm going to ask you not to talk about his girlfriends because now I picture an empty street. 
I picture Shelley walking away and Timmy Ryan with his lips sticking out, looking down dejectedly and saying, I'm Timmy Ryan, and that's my 72nd relationship. I'll never get back. I thought you were going for a Brian Krakow thing just now, where he was going to be under the street light while, while she drives up with Jordan Catalano. Sort of. All right. Thank you. F. Matt. All right. Bye. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hey, Rick. Is this the last one? call, Sarah? Uh, yeah. This is the last call of the day. Please don't suck. I know what's wrong with the show engineering-wise today. Is it Timmy Ryan? It's scabies in the board. Okay, that's kind of funny. All right, All right, excellent. Thank you. By the way, everybody during the break missed the best worst joke of the day, which is where we're making fun of the uh, Governor Spitzer's hooker and about talking about how, you know, she was trying to get a college degree or, you know, we were making fun of whoever and, like, she has a degree. And Timmy just said, she has a degree in sex. And then just, like, laid it out there as though it was... As though it was the most carefully crafted Henny Youngman one-liner of all time. Like, it was so unfunny, it sort of became funny. So, well done. All right, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents Lisa Desjardins, James Roop, Steve Kassamom, Dorothy Carcassari, uh, Mr. Skin, Mailman Chris. Thank you, sir, and thank you for the lovely parting gifts. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Timmy Ryan in for Tim Riley. Richie Bristol on the phones. Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Bridget from upstairs, the webmistress, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Reynolds. Like us next. We'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the recap, 11 a.m. for the show. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, be safe, and I'm huge. Bye now.